Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Gather Together Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by James Churches. James owns and operates Guilty Apparel, which is a clothing company centered around board sports such as skateboarding and snowboarding. While this might seem a little off-brand for the podcast, I still think there's a lot in this episode that you can all benefit from. James and I got to talk about the social media strategies that he uses to help run his business and grow his brand, as well as some of the truly successful people that he looks up to and takes cues from in business. We also got to talk about concussions, broken bones, and getting up to mischief as a kid growing up in our nation's capital. I had such an awesome time getting to know James and getting a feeling for the passion he has for board sports and the drive he has to get behind and grow his business to a global scale. So please enjoy this episode with James Churches of Guilty Apparel on Gutter to Gutter Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Gutter Together Podcast. I am Static, and in this episode I am joined by James Churches of Guilty Apparel. James, how are you, mate? I'm good, man. Um, thanks for having me on, I appreciate it. It's always nice to get reached out like this, I like it. No worries, man, no worries. Now this one's a, a bit of a different one for for listeners, I guess, like we're normally very uh, automotive-based Um and the, actually, the reason I reached out more so is because I saw, I, I know you've been around for a little while and I, and I have seen Guilty Apparel around for a while, but I've recent summer nats and just learning sort of since then that you're actually a Canberran local. Yep. Say that. Local Canberran. Um, Canberran. Can, Canberran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I noticed a lot of Guilty Apparel shirts around summer nats. Which was actually that is that's epic to hear, man. Because yeah. we didn't we didn't actually go to the event. We did walk around Braddon, um, you know, during the event and stuff. And um, I I feel like it's we hear that from people all the time where they are. They're like heaps of people wearing it. Yeah, it feels like we don't see it that often though. Yeah, um, maybe maybe it's I don't know what it is, but that's that you dude, you just made my day. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought because I know your um, I guess your roots are probably in like skating and more of the what would you call them now? They're not not extreme sports anymore, like action sports and extreme sports and all that sort of gear. Action sport, um, action sports, extreme sports. Um, but I do look at it like I'm into so many things, and I think it's the same with most people. It's but you start with sort of one subject and you build it out. Like I've got Red Bulls doing then. If someone's doing something awesome, Red Bull's like, yeah, we'll sponsor that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Jump out of a jump out of space, fly a plane, you know, Formula One, all of it. Yeah. So is that a bit of a a bit of a um a giveaway as to where you're going next? <laughs> you're going out of space and into Formula One. <laughs> I mean, that would be the ultimate goal. That's that's the big sixty year plan. Yeah. It's, you know, we're, the reason we started with board sports in particular is because that's what I've grown up doing. Um, but every time like we get hit up on a weekly basis by 
um, you know, people who are in the car scene in different ways, rally, drifting, go-karts, stuff like that. And it's my answer is always generally the same. We want to sponsor it one day, but we can't. But the goal with Guilty is to one day, you know, it's like why, why is it only energy companies, energy drink companies that are sponsoring everything? Why can't a clothing brand do it? I mean, or maybe one day we just release an energy drink and start doing it that way as well. Why not? Guilt, yeah, guilty exactly energy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. A bit of guilty energy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. So we'll get into like a bit of an introduction and, and sort of what we haven't covered already. Give us a bit of a brief rundown of who it is that you are and, and what you do essentially. Yeah, so um, as you said, James Churches, owner of Guilty Apparel, uh, born and bred in Canberra. Um, I guess what I've been doing for the last three years is trying to get this brand to a point where it can be my full-time job. Um, you know, that's goal number one. And the whole point of doing it in the first place was a way to get involved in the industries that, I love, um, you know, I spent from 16 to 25 chasing snow around the world, essentially. And when I quit that, it was due to just a bunch of injuries and money was tight as, and it's kind of like, well, what can I do um, that can sort of get me back into the scene and around the people that I enjoy being around? Um, so it's not particularly about fashion. It's, it's a, although that's what we want to do. We want to make cool stuff. Um, but it really is about being a part of events and communities that I want to be a part of without having to compete. I'm sick of getting hurt. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting old. Um, but, you know, being at a skate park or at the snow or, you know, I've raced dirt bikes, I've skydived, you know, I've done a lot of different stuff and all of it's fun. Um, so it's, yeah, how can I have a business that is involved in all of those things? Nice. But, um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're work, we're working our way through it. I feel. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. I think I first heard of guilty. It would have been probably nearly two years ago now. A mate of mine actually, I don't know where he stumbled upon you. Yeah. Stumbled across you, but, um, he goes, Oh, I've got this package today. And, uh, you know, they're really cool. They really looked after me. And one thing I really love, um, we'll sort of get back into it a little bit later into like your social media drive and all that sort of stuff is that I've actually followed you on two accounts and on both of those accounts, you've sent me a message, like a voice message straight away on, um, on Instagram, like not obviously not straight away, but obviously as soon as you've seen it. And, yeah. um, I feel that's like a, a real level of. It's, it's customer care before someone's a customer, you know what I mean? And and that's really, really cool. It's it's one of the things a lot of people um, really do appreciate it. Um, I think a lot of people skip over it because they probably think somehow it's automated or, you know, it's just spam from a different company. But the way I viewed it from the start was essentially if someone follows us on Instagram, if we were a physical store, that's like someone walking through your front door. And what do you, like, if you own a shop, it doesn't matter what you're selling, clothing, boost you. Hey, mate, how you going? Can I give you a hand? Um, but I suppose with with it not being a physical store, but an online store instead, it's like, well, 
you kind of kind of got to put your pitch out there, say good day, like get a bit out, but you're also not looking for someone to have to like communicate with you because we're all busy. I don't want someone to feel like they've got to like get into a heavy conversation with me. Um, but also it does happen, you know, people reply and there will be a conversation had and um, yeah, it's really just about, yeah, that, that mentality that it is a store. It's just online. That's the only difference. <laughs> that means there's a lot of people coming in every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I've done the calculations on the voice messages over a year ago and the amount of time I've spent doing them is just insanity. I bet. I bet. Yeah. So is that something you do with every single account? Yeah. Everyone. Wow. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I so it's, if someone wants to work it out now, say we're at, you know, 22,000 followers and it's a 40 to 50 second voice message for every one of those people. And then you got to account for all the people that unfollow us as well. Cause you know, you get random people. I try not to do spam accounts. Sometimes yep. it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, it sucks when you, you message a spam and then you get like a, Hey, DM me your PayPal. And you're like, man, I just wasted a minute of my life. <laughs> <laughs> But you never know. So uh, sometimes, like we've had accounts, they look like spam. You send that voice message, and they're not. They're yeah, gotcha. And genuine people that become customers. And I'm like, damn, I'm glad because I had that thought. Like, oh no, nah, I won't do that. And so I generally tend to go unless I'm a hundred percent certain it's a spam account. I'll still do it. Yeah. But yeah, so the time time taken, man, is insane. And then then I have a system of going back through people as well and. Yeah, the DMs on our Instagram is just nuts. That's um, that's a really good thing though, because what it's it's one thing I struggle to do, but it's, it's something you've done instantly, straight off the bat. You're breaking that the ice, I guess, and um, you're opening up a channel for everybody who follows you to then come back to you, and and now now you've got that engagement with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's also about. Like when we first started as well, a lot of the reason I I got to actually I got to give a shout out to um Tuka the rapper, the Aussie hip hop rapper. He was he done it to me when I followed him, right? And he sent me a voice message and he was like, "Hey bro, thanks heaps for checking out the Instagram. I appreciate your support." And I was like, "Wow, that was sick!" Like, and I was like, "Why can't we do that for our business?" And that's the next day. That's what I started doing. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it really does. It, it was also a way to make people believe that there's a real human behind the brand. Yeah. Um, make people understand that this is not a scam as well. Um, cause you know, I've been ripped off buying clothes online. It's happened before, but I think, I feel like I kind of knew it was about to happen because it was too good to be true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, breaking down that barrier, being a real human and, getting it done that way is just it made sense to me yeah awesome and i've told i've told so many other people to do it but and i think some people have followed up with it a little bit but to do it on the level that i do is is pretty gnarly yeah it's full on like the because the first account i followed you was when my friend told me about you and that was my personal account and um i got that message i'm like surely you can't keep that up you know what I mean? Because I saw it initially. I thought, oh shit, they're they're just hitting me with spam straight up. I'm yeah. 
Uh, it only goes for like you might have been 40, 40 to fifty seconds or whatever. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. yeah. And, um. Yeah, you know, and it was a a genuine, um, sort of targeted message, not to, not a general message. It was it was meant for me. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how long can you keep that up for? And it might have been a year later that I actually followed you. It was just after summonettes, actually. After I saw all the shirts, I'm like, man, I got to chat with this guy. And yeah. I hit that follow button, and it might have been two hours later. There's another message. I'm like, man, he's still going. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, I um, think. I I hope there's a day where I don't have the time to do it. Yeah, like obviously that's the goal, right? Yeah. Um, but I've said to my partner even like, even when that day comes where like it's just too much because. As well, if you do too many, you'll get banned by Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Um, but the day that it sort of becomes unmanageable, I'm like, I'm still going to make it that I do at least, you know, 50 a day. Yeah. Like that's my morning routine, whoever those 50 people are. Like if we get... Yeah, the first 50 like, copied. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And just put yep. that effort in. No, I can't get to everyone, but I can still do a certain amount. Um, but you know, we're not at that problem. I've still got the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so we'll backtrack a bit. Um, growing up in Canberra, what was that like? I mean, I used to head to Canberra a lot from Sydney. Um, back in the BMX days, we'd go and you know, hit the, hit the city, the street missions at night and all that sort of gear and get kicked out of everywhere. Um, yeah. Uh, RIP Civic Skate Park. That was so good. I don't know. Did you get to skate that? I'm trying to remember that. I I think I did, but my brain's having a hard time remembering what that looked like. So uh, there was a um, there was a half pipe. Uh, if you were to sort of sit in the middle and just do a circle, there was a half pipe. If you're going to the left, there was like a wall ride. There was a um, like an amenities building. I think it might have just been like a council building that you couldn't get access to. But there was like a wall ride up that. And then you, um, if you kept sort of going to the left, there was a stair set, but like a real long curved stair set with a, with a fairly fat rail down the middle. Yeah. Um, really difficult to double peg slide on that because that, the, the, it was probably, let's say 150 mil. I'm going to, I'm going to be Googling that after this. Cause I have, I have slight memories of it and I, cause I have slight memories of the newer yep. civic gate park being built. So I'm like, I think I've seen that, but I was like young. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm showing yeah. my age there for sure. Yeah. Um, devastated the time we drove through and it was gone. Because it used yeah. to be a car park as well. Yeah, yeah. Right in the middle. Um yeah. yeah, so tell us what it was like growing up there. I think I think Canberra cops cops a bit of shit. Like, you know, you see Joe like I just on TV the other day, there was some some skit about like people coming to Canberra, and everyone's like, "Why would you go there?" And I sort of agree. Like as a tourist destination, it's not a lot going on, but as somewhere to live, I've always loved it. Um, like as a kid, I can't say heaps about it, but like as in my teenage years, when I started growing up a bit, like or well, even as a kid, actually going to the coast two hours away. But when I was old enough to drive, it was going to the snow, which is two hours away. And it was, you know, that's that's a, that's what Canberra is. It's in the middle of both. And that's what most Canberrans do. Yeah, summer, we're at the coast. Winter, we're at the snow. And it's like, yeah, you have to drive out of your city, but two hours isn't long. 
that's for sure. You know, not at all. Yeah, I mean, if you lived in if you live in Sydney or something and you work in peak hour, you're driving two hours a day, <laughs> maybe I, back and forth. I live that quite often. I live in Western Sydney, and if yeah. I ever drive to North Sydney, that's that's an hour and a half at absolute best on the best possible run you can have. Yeah. Like that's that's crazy. I think I've done it three or four times that way in the five years I've been going there. Yeah. Like in Canberra, we whinge if the drive is more than twenty minutes. Yeah. Like if if like my my mum lives twenty minutes away, my dad lives twenty five minutes away. And when I have to go to dad's, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been listening to your podcast actually and listening to yourself and, and Michaela talk about buying a house. And um, how it's going to be away from from the like the city, yeah. And you're going to have to commute now. I'm like, oh, poor you. You know, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to have to commute. Real world two minutes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it stresses me out, man. Yeah. Nice. So, um, what sort of mischief did you get up to as a kid, mate? I was something. Something happened to me around year four. It must have been year three or year four and being the kid that got in trouble just became my thing. I don't know what it was, why it happened, um, but it was it was so bad that like even if things happened that weren't me, I, I copped the blame. It was teachers were just like, it was James. Like there was, there was someone had written at high school one time, someone had like spray painted on the wall my best mate's name, Matt. And I got in trouble for it because they thought I'd done it to stitch him up. And I was like, well, I had nothing to do with this. But it was, although I can understand now as an adult why they did. It was because generally 90% of the time it was me. Yeah, and every, every other time that it wasn't you at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wasn't I wasn't really the most subtle um, at causing my mischief as well. It was very much uh, act before you think. And then afterwards, like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm definitely getting in trouble for that. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stories, but um, it's generally just just mucking up, just <laughs> not listening, just being stupid in class, always getting kicked out of class, suspensions, and um, you know, just being a boy in school for six hours a day and not liking it. Oh, so have you got um have you got like a favorite memory like if like just sort of talking about it then does that bring up like one specific memory for you there's there's a couple there's a lot of them are, honestly a lot of them are bad because like I look back on them now and I'm like what an idiot um but there are a couple there are a few good ones as well like uh one in particular that I remember like, was one of the funnest days we had in high school we it was pissing down rain. And our, our school, Canberra High, was basically like a square, but in the middle is empty. So you just, you all your classrooms and stuff have a big centre that you can all look into. And they had these huge sliding windows. And me and the boys opened up all the windows on the whole floor, third floor, and water's just bucketing in. And we're just like, you know, doing running slides up and down the hallway, basically starting to play ice hockey with each other and stuff. And, like, the floor was those perfect tiles that you're, like, if you run and get a good slide on, you could go a good distance. And I don't think we actually ended up getting in trouble for that. 
I think by the time we left, we we got out of there just sweet. So that's probably got to be one of my best best ones. That comes to mind straight away. When I think about that, I'm like, damn, that was a good time. I'd love to do it again. Just go go back to the school for a day when it's raining. Yeah. Is that where, where the love for board sports and all that sort of stuff comes from? It's just things like that? I think it is. Like, that's, that's one of them. Although... I don't really remember this, but I know when I was little, I'm, I'm a bit blurry on the story, but I had got given some sort of present by my mum. And was it a bike? No, I don't think it was a bike. It was something else, but I went to school and I swapped it for a skateboard with some kid. <laughs> and mum was pissed. I got come home with this skateboard and, I can't remember what it was. I know it wasn't a bike, so I wouldn't. I don't think I would have done that. But I just remember coming home and mum was like, where is whatever it was? I have to ask her now that I'm thinking about it. And I was like, God, I want a skateboard. <laughs> like, your present sucked. <laughs> she was so unimpressed. She's brought it up with me all through growing up. She's like, remember that bloody skateboard? Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it to me, though. But, um, yeah, that would have been, like, my first board. And then like grew up skating a fair bit, but it was when I was old enough to go snowboarding and drive to the snow that made me fall in love with board sports. That was like the, as soon as I got down there, I was like, this is awesome. Just fell in love with it instantly. Yep. So w- which was your, um, your location of choice? Was it Threadwell or Perisher? Nah, Perisher for life. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. I, um, I, I really dig Threadbow, but that's because it was the first place I went to. And then I, I, I like them both equally. Like I've been, been to them both now. I've spent more time at Threadbow, but um, it was very easy for me to, to really enjoy Perisher as well. Now the, the things that I love about both of them is Perisher, uh, per, yeah, Perisher has their short runs, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you can go so many different ways and it's just always different. Um, yep. Threadbow, you you're limited to to the amount of runs that you've got, but they're a lot longer. Yeah. So okay, it it depends how I feel on the day. Yeah, I reckon as as just a straight up park rat, that's why Perisher. Yeah. Made. Although when I went to Threadbow, I've been to Threadbow when I was learning, but I think that's the other thing is I went to Perisher first. I knew the mountain. When I went to Threadbow, I remember just getting lost. Yeah. I don't know where I am. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it'd be good. It would be good to go back there, but with snow passes, how expensive they are. That's oh, crazy. I've got a season pass and someone says, you want to come to a day, day trip to Threadbow? I'm like, dude, I'm not paying that. Yeah. And if I had a Threadbow pass, I wouldn't go to Perisher either. Yeah. Um. So you, you said you've sort of, you've chased snowboarding around for, for a fair amount of time. Where have you gotten to? Uh, I've done Finland, Japan, uh, America, like a fair few different spots in, in the States, um, on the East, East coast. I think I'm right when I say the East coast. Yeah. I think uh, they're the snowy one, I think. Yeah. Well, you've got both. I know, it's California on the West. Yeah. But I've done, yeah. yeah. Well, I've done the California side. So that's yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. My geography is crap. Same. Same. Everybody's yeah. shouting at us right now. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, what an idiot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Canada, a few different spots as well. 
um, New Zealand. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'd love to do, if I could sort of do it a bit more, um, I'd love to go check out way more spots in Europe, France, Italy, even I'd love to go to Spain. Um, not many people know it, but, and I didn't know it until I learned about it, obviously, but Spain, you know, you've got the Alps there have tons of snow and you just wouldn't picture Spain as that type of place. But I've seen videos and I'm like, wow, that looks epic. Yeah, nice. So where out of all those spots, what's been your favourite? Is there one real standout? I would, I would have to say, oh, man. I reckon off the top of my head, it probably is Japan. But it's not just because of the snowboarding. The snow there was 100% the best. Um, just ridiculous when I was there, like how deep it was and stuff like that. But the culture as well, the food, the people, the general vibe of it. But that was one of the first places I went. So that's 12 years ago now. Yeah, okay. So I'm like, man, if I go back, it'd be very different, I'm sure. But just an epic spot. Yeah, nice. I've heard a lot of good stuff about Japan. And, um, I mean, obviously you hear, you know, like, like New Zealand, it being the closest to us, you hear pro- pro- probably hear about that the most. And that's because it is so close. But a lot of the time, like you're probably not too bad because you're only two hours from Berkshire, essentially. But um, in anywhere else, you kind of like, we're six hours almost. Yeah. So by the time you sort of get there and you're doing accommodation and, and all that sort of stuff, like you yeah spending the same amount to get to Queenstown or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it is. That's what, because I lived in Queenstown for a bit and that's what most, most people were coming over there that were from, you know, Sydney or obviously Queensland as well. Um, but it's, you know, we can spend the same amount of money and possibly even less to actually get to NZ. But from Canberra, it's, once once that season pass is sorted, we're pretty sweet from here. Yeah. But um, New Zealand's epic, and if you're gonna if you're gonna go skiing or snowboarding in New Zealand in Queenstown, particularly, what a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been? No, not at all. There's something like when I was living there, I believe the statistic was 152 pubs in a 5k radius. Wow. So it's it's like pub food shop, pub food shop, pub food shop, and it's just yeah, it's a it's its own little world, Queensland. I'd recommend it to anyone for sure. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, when you do, do you still get to the snow now, or or not yeah. so much? We um, well, me in particular, after I had my year of uh not horrible injuries. It was just, they just kept happening. Just one after the other, yeah. One after the other. Healed up, boom, injured again. So I was basically for a year without work and that was when I had to like, okay, I've actually got to stop now, get out of debt because every time I got injured, I was still spending money on, okay, I've still got a trip planned. I'll just chuck that on the credit card. (laughs) Like, it'll be all good. And um, it wasn't. But uh, it was just last year, actually. Um, 
I sort of said to my partner, I was like, I miss it. And I don't really care about if I get hurt. I was like, I'm going back. And I bought us both season passes. I started skating again as well. Um, just generally having the attitude. Like, I think if I do get seriously injured at one of them, and not, not by serious, I don't mean fully broken but even you know if you break your arm or your leg as an adult we got bills and stuff like that yeah. um and i sort of even said to my partner i said if that happens it's gonna suck but if that does happen i'm still going back to it because for the five years that i wasn't doing it um i missed it heaps yeah it was sort of like I don't know. My my idea in my head was I'm going to avoid it for a while until I'm sort of back to a level where I feel like I can just go do some runs and like hang out. But uh, when we went back last year, I was like, oh, I could just hit a few rails, hit a couple jumps. And <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, you still got that muscle memory. It comes back pretty quick, doesn't it? It, um, it comes back pretty quick. It definitely does. So I'm not hitting it as hard as I used to, but going back and particularly with skating, man, I've been skating since I went up for a trip to Mackay last year to do Rumble in the Reef um, with Guilty, like we were a sponsor of the event. And um, just that hanging out with a bunch of dudes who skated for a week, I came home and I was like, no, I'm I'm doing this. And I've been getting out at least four times a week since then, which is awesome. Yeah. I get that. I get that same thing, but it's it's more in, in the automotive world. Every time I go to like a mini truck event or something like that, because I started way back in the early 2000s in the mini truck scene. And uh, yeah. every time I go back to something like that, that that bug bites at me. I'm like, oh, I need to build something airbag now. And I... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird though, isn't it? How we yeah. like the things you love, you sort of grow up and you're like, no, nah, I don't have time for that or time or money or whatever it is, but, like, when you really sort of think about it and you're like, man, I missed that, it makes you like, why did I stop? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, same with same with BMX. Like, I yeah. I don't even remember why I stopped doing that. Um, it slowed me right down as I started my apprenticeship. Now, this is going back nearly 20 years. As I started my apprenticeship, I actually broke my collarbone on the last night of an indoor skate park. Yeah. Last night they were open in Penrith. Um broke my collarbone there and that slowed me right down because after that I broke it two more times. Yeah. But once was on the bike and the other one was actually my sister trying to pull me up off a table at her 21st birthday party to get me to dance with her. She grabbed my arm, the, the one that had previously broken twice. Yeah. Pulled it across my body and it was this collarbone. And um, yeah, as soon as she sort of really pulled on it, I just felt the pop. Sort of had like a like a flutter in here, and I just looked at my shot like it, that's the actual that's the one that dropped me. Like I kind of looked at it, and then the pain just went bang. I'm here now, and that like I actually dropped to the floor with that. That killed me. When I yeah. initially broke it, I concussed myself as well. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I was actually so so it was kind of it was, it was all good because I was off with the fairies. You know what I mean? It was it was fine. I was watching some dude. Sitting down on the on the side of the skate park, just watching some guy ride along, and then all of a sudden he jumps up to his handlebars, and I had to sort of turn to my mate next to me and go, "Did I just see that? Like, <laughs> just jump from his pedals to his handlebars? Like, yeah, he did that. I'm like, yeah, that was real. Okay, cool. Yeah, I imagine you've had a few concussions and 
and had the the hallucinations and all that sort of stuff before? Yeah, yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Um, only a couple though, thank God. Yeah. Um, but I was I was gonna say on the like the um, I've just lost my train of thought. I was thinking of two things at once and I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll go on with the concussions though. Um, but probably the worst one was in in Finland. I tried to jump a fence on the board. My mate done it right in front of me. Yep. And then I went to do it, but sort of just sunk in the snow as I went to pop and just nose of the board between the railings. But after the fence was like a, I don't know, maybe a metre tops, like just dropped to a road. Like where the um, actual ski plows and stuff went through, then to like the rest of the slope. And all I remember was waking up with these three Finnish people just talking to me. And I don't speak a word of Finnish. <laughs> I'm just going, what is going on? And they're just so, and I was like, English, English. And everyone over there does speak English. And they were like, oh, sorry. They start speaking English to me. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, are you okay? Like, do we need ambulance or whatever? And I was like, no, nah, I can stand up. And I went down to the bottom to find my mate. And he's he said he'd been waiting there for 20 minutes for me. Oh, wow. I was like, geez. And I just remember after that, I was like, I had to go home. That's it for me today. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember my, my the first concussion I ever had blew me away. Like I had no idea. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't ready for the, the hallucination. But um, I was wakeboarding um, in Western Sydney in Penrith. We've got uh, like a cables, um, was a water ski park. Yeah, and as I was growing up, it sort of became more wakeboards, and yeah, so I was sort of wakeboarding there, and I've just been trying and trying and trying to sort of pop this Rayleigh, which you you could always do on the very last corner because the rope cut back really hard on you, so you had to sort of really carve it out really hard, and then just as that rope the, like the rope took the slack again, you had to sort of carve harder and pop. Yeah, finally got the the perfect pop, and um. I kind of wasn't ready for that, but I'm like, oh shit, like this is happening. It's working. You know, I'm flying at this time. Like, so everything's happened like in that, in that split second. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I got to get my feet back. So I started to bring my feet back and it was too late. I just dug the, the front of the board straight into the water, just full scorpion, kicked myself in the back of the head with the board. Like, That's it. I was wondering how you knocked yourself out, scorpion to the back. Yeah. So I didn't knock myself out, but I can cast myself hard. So yeah. I was, yeah, scorpion myself. Like it was like hitting concrete to start with. Yeah. So I uh, scorpion myself. I hit the hit the water that hard and then kicked myself in the back of the head with the wakeboard as well. So that was a hard scorpion. Yeah, sure. and, um, that's yeah. the best looking trick though. Yeah. So yeah, then I just kind of dragged myself up onto the onto the bank and just sat there. One of my mates came up, he goes, Are you all right? And I just I'm like, yeah, I just need a minute. And I don't know how long I was there. Like, it felt like an eternity. I was watching someone out on a kneeboard and they were doing all these, like, spin tricks on the water. And one second I was watching them, the next second that was me doing that. Oh, sorry, <laughs> You know man. what I mean? So yeah, I was yeah. sitting on the bank. My mate's probably just talking to me, talking away, and I'm just gone. I don't know what's going on, but, yeah, I'm out on the water. Did you have a helmet on? No, no, they weren't a thing then. Yeah, they weren't a thing back then? Yeah. Uh, that's what I was wondering. Did you split your head open as well or no? No. no. Uh, that's that's lucky as well then. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Yeah. And um 
yeah, that, that was the first concussion I ever had. That's that's a crazy trip, I'll tell you. Yeah, but it's it's interesting when you see people with a concussion though. The best best one I seen was my mate Bo in Canada, and just for two hours he was on repeat. Yeah. What happened? Just, what happened? And we tell him, and you go, oh, what happened? <laughs> and tell him again, and it was he just would not stop. And we're like, oh, we'll just we'll just entertain it. Yeah. So he doesn't like get worried or I don't know. Like we don't know what we're meant to do. <laughs> and so we just kept, yeah, yeah, you you kind of just land it on your head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh sweet. Hey, what happened? <laughs> yeah. It went on for ages. It was oh, man, man. And then when he came out of it as well, it was like a boom. And he was like, Oh man, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gnarly. Um, so from sort of listening along to your podcast, you've bought yourself like a van to sort of get down to the snow and, and camp out in. Is that kind of what I was picking up? Uh, we did. Oh, uh, right. We sold it now, but we're looking at getting another one. Yeah. So we were actually, we had last last season, uh, this wasn't planned, but we got our season passes. Turned out that one of Michaela's family friends, um, they have a place down there. And normally it's Airbnb'd or rented out. But uh, her son was actually living and working down there. And so we were like, sick, we've got accommodation. And it was reasonably priced, especially for the snow. And we're like, cool, we're down there almost every weekend. And then basically with a week's notice, we're down there. And he goes, yeah, I quit my job and I'm moving to Canada. Oh, no. Yeah, he's like, so this is, you've got, you've got next weekend is your last weekend here. Um, and then it's it's back on Airbnb. And we we're like, all right. So the next week we took off an extra couple of days to make the most of it. And then um, we were driving home. I'm like, what are we going to do, babe? Like, I don't really want to pay. We looked up accommodation. The cheapest we could find was 400 bucks a night. That's crazy. Um, and that's that, that was, I think that was even on a weekday. And I was like, well, we can't afford that. And then so my partner, she looked up vans in canberra and she searched by cheapest and there was a 1987 toyota high ace for three and a half grand and we went and picked it up <laughs> we messaged him and we wanted to pick it up that day but he wasn't home so we picked it up two days later um spent the weekend that week insulating it and stuff but he'd already made like a bed frame and he had it decked out decent and um yeah the week after that we we're driving it down the snow that's awesome yeah it was but it was that's what it was. It was a bit of a test. Do we like this lifestyle? And um, we absolutely loved it. So we sold it only about a month ago, and yep. we're looking at something. You know, it was column shift. My partner couldn't drive it. It was we couldn't even talk to each other when we drove. Oh wow! All the seals on the doors were gone. So you, all it was just a wind tunnel. So we'd both just have our headphones in. We'd start driving. And then after about five minutes, I'd say, all right, babe, I'm putting a podcast on. She goes, yeah, no worries, me too. I said, I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> but we were warm. We saved a bunch of money. Like, you know, we traveled around the coast in Christmas in it as well. And, um, yeah, now it's just once we find something, we want to get a high top, but something that's auto. She can drive manual, but something that's auto, so it's a bit easier and something with a little bit more room and something that maybe doesn't feel like a death trap. Yeah, that's probably a good choice. Yeah, the that's all I kept thinking in that car when we were doing a hundred down the snow. Like, if 
one of these tires blows or we crash into someone, we're we're stuffed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's there's nothing gonna help us out here. I'm just trying to think of of that era of van. There, there wasn't much to them, was there? Uh, well, <clears throat> maybe maybe because of you know the steel and stuff used, it would be hard. But there was no airbags. Nah, I don't know if the seatbelts would have held. <laughs> they they clicked in, but they were old. <laughs> um, but like mechanically, it was sweet. Like I took it to a mechanic, and he checked it over, and he goes, "You know, it's got some issues, but not something you need to fix." He was kind of like, "Just just drive it until until it goes." And we we had it for seven months, and we never had a problem with it. Yeah, right. It turned out actually the guy I sold it to, I didn't know him, but we were at a party two weeks ago and one of my other friends knows him. Yeah. And they asked for a party like the week before and he loves the van. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone come check out my van and blah, blah, blah. So it's good that it's gone to someone else. And now we've just got to find something before snow season starts again. Yep. Well, you got a bit of time, so that's all right. Or well, actually, no, you don't because it was snowing on the weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. What summer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But that's that's the goal is as long as we get something before winter, I'm happy. Yeah, nice. Nice. So um, what kind of music do you get into? I'm most certainly a hip-hop head. Oh, okay. Um, but I do have a wide variety. But if it's just me... And I find like music for me is just in the car. Yeah. Okay. In the car. It's hip hop only. That's all you'll hear. Um, but my music game, I know it's gone downhill. Like I used to be when I was younger, when my mates got in my car, it was like, all right, what are the new hip hop tunes? Like they were excited about it. But now I probably don't have anything that's recent in the last couple of years because it's all podcasts. Yeah. I just, the idea of being listening to a conversation but not having to actually be a part of it. Yeah. It makes time just like if I drive from, you know, Canberra to Sydney or Canberra to the snow or something, a podcast just makes time fly to me. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if I do have that time for music, it's most certainly hip-hop. What's what's the go-to? It's always Eminem. Yeah? Yeah, he's, he's, he's the man in my opinion. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. I just, um, yeah, sort of, you know, first person. Well, I don't know, first rapper, but I remember when dad bought home his first album when I was little. Actually, it might not have been his first, might have been his second. So I think his first album came out like when I was born nearly. But, um, and dad was like, I feel real old now. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> don't tell your mum that I'm letting you listen to this. And he used to let me rap along to it and I'm just in the car swearing my head off. And <laughs> he's like, don't say that at school. Don't say that in front of your mum. <laughs> Apparently, I never said it in front of mum, but I did say that stuff at school, which is what got me in trouble. Yeah. I um, I was a, a bit of a, like a bit is an understatement. I was a metalhead growing up. And um, like I was that far into it that I knew all, you know, all the bands, all the latest music that was coming out. Uh, stuff that the bands were working on, names of the band members, all that sort of thing, like band members that have come and gone, and yeah, now, that's that's all the knowledge I have. The knowledge from back then, like I don't know newer stuff. It's kind of like 
not so much at the end of high school, but not much further out of that is where it all stopped. And that's, yeah. that's kind of where my music is still at. Like, I, like I've, I've gone a lot further now. Like I, I, I like hip hop and I like a whole bunch of other stuff, but um, that kind of came about from that new metal era. And so it was kind of all intertwined anyway, but that's kind of where it all stopped. So newer stuff to me, I can hear something that's probably 10 years old to me now and it blows me away. Like it's brand new. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't that what happens though? You leave high school and you've got all this spare time in high school and primary school yeah. that you absorb other information yeah. and then you have to get a job. And from there, things like that, you're like, I don't have time for that anymore. Yeah. It's all gone. It sucks. <laughs> That's cool. Guys. Um, what's what, what are your sort of go-to podcasts for road trips? Joe Rogan is yep. one purely because of the time as in, because I can put it on for generally like three hours, there's, I'm not, and because of the wide variety of subjects, yeah. I force myself to listen to things I normally wouldn't. Like I listen to a podcast about beekeeping, two and a half hours. <laughs> got no interest in being a beekeeper, but I was like, and I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it was all right. Yeah, I learned, I learned some things that I didn't retain the information on for very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, it's when when footy season's on. It's NRL podcasts. Yeah, uh, okay. I listen to like four different ones, and they all talk about the same shit, and I just hear it from four different people. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> it's 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 even I think sometimes I'm like I've just heard someone say this, but because it's a different voice, I want to hear it. It's all right to hear it again, yeah. yeah. In case there's like a slight difference of opinion, or yeah, okay, um, yeah, it's um, and footy season's coming back soon, so I'm excited. <laughs> nice, mate. We'll get over to uh, guilty apparel. Tell us, I guess the the guilty apparel story. Where where did it where did it originate? Where did the name come from? Um, so the name, well, first of all, I'd say I'd always wanted to run. Like, as I said at the start, like I wanted guilties about being in the cultures and communities that I like, but I'd always wanted to run a clothing brand probably because of my addiction to DC. Like if something had DC on it, I wanted it. Yeah. And I spent so much money with that company. <laughs> but um, it was never, I never had a name or a story that I sort of liked. I always had a bunch of names but none of them had a story or a meaning. They were just words. Um, and then <clears throat> it was many years ago now, what, maybe nine-ish years ago, um, I got arrested on a night out. Um, nothing violent, I'll say that, but I, <laughs> I won't say the full story. I'm uh, sa sort of saving the entire detailed story for the day that I quit my job because I still feel like I'm under the thumb, <laughs> under the thumb of the man. Um, I'll have to get back with you when that happens then. Yeah, so the day I'm not under the thumb of the man and I don't mind who hears it, because I'm not, it's it's kind of a funny story. But, um, yeah, got arrested and um, spent the night in lockup and did have a court case and stuff pursuing that. But it was while I was locked up that night, um, I was absolutely, I was in a state as well. And um, while I was banging my head against the wall, 
cursing and swearing my head off. Um, I thought, geez, Guilty Apparel would be a good name for a company. And that's where the idea was born. Um, so ultimately now I look at it like the silver lining in a way, uh, but it didn't start straight after that. It was sort of maybe a year or so after that incident, I did start it for a period of, it was maybe in between three and six months. And it was, I had this idea that if you put a logo on a shirt, you'd make millions in like a couple of months. <laughs> Um, that's cool. Are you telling me you don't? That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that's what I, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, we sell yeah. a bunch of shirts now and I'm still working a full-time job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of, as soon as that became apparent to me, I, I quit. I didn't have the patience. I wasn't ready for that sort of thing. And, um, it was, yeah, sort of a few years later, sort of matured a fair bit, met my partner and, um, she was kind of the one who convinced me in a way or we had the discussion she was like maybe you should start that again um and i said to her i sort of said well if i'm going to start it again like i'm i'm going to do this properly like i'm not i'm not messing around here i'm going to commit to this and i'm going to give it everything i've got and in my mind it was like i don't care if it takes me three five ten twelve fifteen seven like i was like i don't care the time i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to it and um yeah, I feel like I've proven that I have, but we still got a long way to go. But uh, I guess that's that's where the story came from, and um, yeah, can't thank my partner enough for you know sort of giving me the old prod. Yeah, that's crazy. So you you started and wrapped it up inside of like what between three to six months, and yeah, I'd, I'd say closer just, to the three month mark. Yeah, right. So you you were done with it at that point, and just went up. No, it's it's all yeah. over. It's kind of like I sold. I sold a shirt to each one of my mates for cost price, sold a couple of shirts to strangers. And I was like, well, this isn't making me any money. Yeah. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was just, I, I do put that down to immaturity though, uh, for sure. Um, running a business is so much harder than people think. Even, I don't know, if you had have asked me, or if someone had told me the amount of effort that I was going to have to put in to get it this far before I started, I probably wouldn't have ever started. But it's you. It's not like everything just slams on you at once. It's you sort of you add more and more tasks to your daily job to build it. Yeah. And it's like I always wonder, like, if I had to do what I do now with the business on a daily basis three years ago, I could not. But because you slowly add those things, now it's like, oh, that's just what I do. Yeah, right. And you wait, and, you, and I always know I'm like, something else is going to be added to that soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, had you done any um any kind of business, like small business courses or or anything at all to do with that before kicking kicking off or? Uh, nah, nothing but um, listening to another podcast, Andy Frisella, the MFCEO project. Yep. And uh, my man, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gotcha. Yeah, those, in, in particular, Andy Frisella and the MFCEO project, that that podcast changed my life, not only with business, but sort of my personal beliefs and my moral yep. 
beliefs and stuff like that. It's sort of, I don't know. There's just a, I don't know if you've heard the podcast, but I have. Yeah. I, um, for me, it's too much. He, he yells too much. <laughs> See that? And that's what I think that's though why it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, looked, like, I, I could probably go back there in about six months time when I, when I'm probably again, like at the age of, at the age of 40 more mature and ready to hear it. Um, yeah. it might be fine then, you know what I mean? But, but when I, the time I was listening to it, I'm like, man, you're just yelling too much. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I think that podcast goes one of either way. But for yeah. me, it was, it was like someone yelling at me and telling shit to me yeah. in a way that I was like, okay, like I needed someone to be aggressive. Yep. And that's like, like Gary Vaynerchuk, he's got good advice, but you know, the nice friendly talk to me, I'm like, yeah, cool, bro. But I don't sort of absorb it. But when you say something to me in an aggressive way and you force it on me, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But I agree now. I don't listen to that podcast at all anymore. It's a bit too aggressive for me now. Yeah, okay. So maybe it won't change. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But it was, I think it was what I needed though to get over the hurdle of yeah. certain things yep. got me there. And um, yeah, absolutely. I've listened to the first 300 episodes of that probably four times each. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, I also saw a lot on a bit of a, was it might've been an Instagram. I think it was an Instagram stalk. That's all I follow you on. I think um, that you did 75 hard as well. Yeah, I did. What was that like? Um, that was, it was interesting. Um, the thing that I hated the most was drinking for four liters of water a day. I was going to the toilet every 20 minutes. And it was shit. It's like because you go into the toilet that often, you can't complete tasks. Yeah. Every time you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that done, you're doing it and you get in your groove and then you're like, fuck, gotta piss. Yeah. So, and it was it was constant. Um aside from that though. I felt like there was a bunch of benefit from it. Doing it again, I would do my own version of it. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be drinking that much water. And I also learned that whole time, like reading 10 pages of a book every day, I don't absorb any information from books. I'm like, the same. Yeah, it's straight out straight in one ear straight out the other and like one of the points of the challenge is when you read a book is to read it yeah like that and that's what i was trying to do i'm like read and like if i read a page and i was like oh i didn't actually read that page i read it but i didn't take it in i'd go back. go back yeah i would go back but still it's like reading is just not my medium it's it's video or audio for sure um so that was I remember that used to drive me wild when I'd hear entrepreneurs and stuff talk about oh you gotta read books and I always felt like because I couldn't absorb that information, made me feel like I would maybe not be able to achieve anything. Yep. And now I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um and Gary Vaynerchuk was the one who sort of said that. That made me he talked about in one of his videos, probably multiple, how he's like, I don't read, never read. He's like, I hate it. I'm like, well, <laughs> this dude's successful. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, every everyone's got their way of learning, and yeah, reading's just not for me. What kind of what kind of books was it that you were reading? 
Um, I think the whole the point in seventy five hard was to read nonfiction yeah. books. Yeah. Um. So I think the first book I read was David Goggins' book. Yep. Um. I sort of I picked that one first because I knew that would help me get motivated for the two workouts every day. Yep. And that 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 dude is, and his story is just mental. Um. And then after that, though, I honestly can't even tell you what the other books that I read were. That's how little yeah, I yeah. in. See, I, um, I looked into starting 75 hard and I, I kind of um, was trying to prepare myself coming into it. Yeah. Okay, if I can sort of bring this into my life to start with. And it, I think the first one was just reading right? because yeah. it had been – at least a decade since I actually read. So I'm like, okay, let's try and read. Let's try and make it a normal thing. Um, and I found that if I bought like autobiographies or, or biographical books or something like that about someone that I was interested in, that kept me interested while reading it. Um, but yeah, that water, four litres of water a day, or what is it? It's a gallon. So it's not quite four litres, but it might as well be. Yeah, it basically is. That was that was ridiculous, and I know, I understand like Andy Frisella's whole point with seventy five hard is it's meant to be hard, right? Yeah, that's that's his whole point with it. Like it's it's meant to push you out of your comfort zone and be inconvenient to you, and you're still meant to push through it. Yeah, I understand like that that four liters of water. It, it was hard to drink as well. Yeah, like you you'd had to sort of time it out and go. Oh, it's such and yeah, it's it's like one o'clock, and I haven't drunk this much by now so now you know that you're going to be sort of forcing the rest in and yeah. struggling for the rest of the night because of, like it would it'd wake you up at night you know what i mean yeah. that's why i was i got to a point where i was trying to do all of that water drinking early in the day yeah it was an absurd amount of water in a short amount of time yeah but um i did feel better i i, I probably reckon the biggest difference in it was like the no alcohol that was just the the way I could keep my motivation and my discipline just so consistent, um, you know, particularly on weekends and stuff like that. Um, that's what I found was a huge difference. But at the same time, now, like, I like to have a bit of fun. Yeah, I think I think that that sort of um, attitude that. Andy Frisella sort of instilled in me was like this, if you're not working seven days a week um, and he's, he's never saying, you know, don't sleep and um, don't work yourself to death. He always is saying, be efficient at what you do. Yep. But it was like the idea that, all right, I want to make millions and millions of dollars. I've got to work this hard. But now my opinion is sort of like, you know what, man, if I made 70 grand a year, a standard wage, but I'm doing the business that I love, I'm wrapped. Yeah. Like I'd much rather that and still get to like have my weekends of having fun. And obviously I want to go further than that, but that's goal number one. Yeah. You know, even less than 70 men, like minimum wage to get to do what I love. That's what it's all about. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, so it was, would you say it was more of a hobby when you first kicked off uh, Guilty? 
I would say the when I originally started it and failed, I treated it like a hobby. Yeah. When I relaunched it though, I didn't look at it as a hobby at all. Yeah. It was it was I'm gonna put and it really was for the first I sort of I said for the first year, like I'm gonna have to push really, really hard on this. And I still think I push hard, but I was like in particular in the first year, there was nothing else going on. Like it was that's all I was doing all night, all day, any spare waking moment I had. Um and that's and that's I think I done sort of seventy five hard near at the end of that year. And um that helped, but like helped me continue to build it. But it sort of got to a point where, man, I was just not that happy. And it was like, well, this is, yeah, I'm achieving some stuff, but you got to, what's the point of achieving shit if you're not happy? So, um, yeah, it's kind of backed off the pedal a little bit, but it's still, I don't treat it like a hobby at all. It's, yeah. it's 100% business it's 100 what i want to do for the rest of my life maybe there'll be a turn in the road somewhere but at this stage people have asked me what happens if you ever get to a point where you could sell it i'm like i don't think i don't think i would um i, I don't know once you build something to a certain point it's like well how much further can i really build it yeah okay it's sort of it's in my mind it's almost like a sport as long like if I keep doing this, what's my progression level? You know? And the thing about business is there's not really injuries. You can go bankrupt. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> which would which would suck for sure. But um I'm not gonna break an arm um yeah. you know, being on Instagram. <laughs> nice. Um, so the target demographic, like I guess it started off, you started off like with the with the board sports. Has that sort of changed as time's gone on, or did you have you sort of stuck with that? Was that was that the focus to start with? Yeah, board sports, in particularly skating, um, was where we started, um, and it was sort of, I suppose, the demographic and the path I tried to follow was my own personal progression through sports. You know, it was kind of skating is what got me hooked um you know then it was snowboarding wakeboarding now i surf um surfing's like the most recent thing i've taken up which i don't know why i didn't start sooner i love it um but mixed in there as well when i was a bit younger was racing motocross um and obviously motocross bmx kind of go together um but i guess it still has like a pretty big focus on skating but you know we're just trying to get people out there that are doing cool stuff um you know the demographic is kind of you know 90s kids and down in or yep. in that in that era um i guess and really i just want to see see people rocking it that are you know out there having a good time and you know still doing what they love and stuff like that it's um I wouldn't say there's there's really an age. We do have some like fairly older people rocking it, which I love seeing as well. Um, and you know we've got down to size zero in the kids, so we've got you know kids who are just getting born last year who are rocking it too. So 
the demographic age range is massive. Um, but yeah, the focus really is on that, you know, probably 10 to 40 year range where people are still, you know, doing the sports that they love and having a good time doing it. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> um, so you've recently had a birthday as well. Yeah. Guilty apparel turned three last Friday. Um, I'll tell you the truth. It's actually our real birthday is the 2nd of January. Gotcha. But I was like, who's going to celebrate that? <laughs> I was like, that's the, that's the dumbest birthday ever. Everyone's <laughs> hung over on January 1st. If we put up a birthday sale on the 2nd of January, everyone's broke from Christmas. Yep. I was like, we're just going to move it back a month. <laughs> so we're actually just over three now. But <laughs> you know what? It's a good decision, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine no, people, I don't want to work still hung over from New Year's. Yeah. And I don't want to work the second of January either. <laughs> I'm still in recovery. Yeah, that's right. Um, so how how exciting for you has it been to see like the growth of the company over those three years? It's been awesome. Um, you know, like like I said at the start, when you mentioned seeing it around at Summonats and um there's a lot of people we bump into now that you know say similar things um or people that we're out and about and people walk up to me and Michaela and they know who we are um that to me is just crazy um but getting that sort of public feedback from people and knowing that it is getting noticed more and more is honestly makes my day sometimes um like just just before I jumped on with you I got a message from someone talking about it or we get um, sticker spot messages all the time or you know someone cheekily filming someone else at the pub wearing it um or one of the best ones actually for me is if i'm out and about and see someone wearing it and like i might make direct eye contact but they don't actually know who i am yeah like they have no idea that i own it they're just wearing it and i know they're a customer kind of thing yeah it's like well how cool is that it's um it's been awesome and it's it's gone from you know, family and close friends saying like, oh, how's that little T-shirt thing going? To, it, they don't even say it. They're like, dude, guilty's everywhere. Like it's it's there's sort of – I don't think I ever copped much doubt from the start anyway. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people say that they do when they launch their own thing. Um, maybe there was people doubting it that just didn't say it to me. But like there's definitely – I notice now like, it's sort of the first thing people are always asking. I say, oh, yeah, it's going good. And then they're straight away like, mate, I see the stickers everywhere. And it's always, yeah, my mate's got some. And my answer is like, do you? <laughs> Get around it, mate. <laughs> That's it. Put that pressure on. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome going from, you know, one box of black T-shirts to if people could see the video behind me. Is when when that's fully stocked. I think there's like thirty six boxes. Yeah, gotcha. Um, you know, our our one bedroom apartment is absolutely overcrowded with clothing. It's ridiculous, but um, yeah, sort of. Even I doubted myself when we started it. And now there's there's no doubt. It's just um, it's just about not quitting, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Is is there an area you want to sort of push into with it? I don't know. Like like say. Motorsports. I'm, I'm, I know I've seen, um, yeah, a lot of guys doing motocross. 
seen videos of, of our motocross guys wearing your, your stuff. Is there an area you want to push into or are you kind of just catering to that at the moment? See how you go. I'm sort of, I'm just of the kind of see how we go mentality. I think what the recent thing that's probably changed um, in the last couple of months that I've started doing it a bit more is we've been doing way more sort of collaborations with, I guess the term is micro influencers, but that's not how I look at it. It's we come across someone who's clearly got good content, but they're doing something that I go, that's sick. Like, okay, no, it's not X games or, you know, Red Bull sick, but also we're not as big as Red Bull or X games kind of thing. So it's for a small company to get into that, like we see someone who's, you know, as long as the video is clean and you can tell that they're posting consistently as well, um, you kind of go, well, we'll hook them up with something and we're going to get a video of this person rocking our gear. And it's sort of not about getting a sale from that aspect. It's about, I want to see people doing that cool shit in our gear. Yeah. Like, that's what it's about for me. Yep. So when we, you know, when we see it and they're rocking our gear, I'm like, yes, that's what, that's what I want. I think ultimately that probably does convert into sales and brand awareness one day, but the thought process for me, as I said, is just to see it, whether you're doing it, like that person's going to do it, whether you give them a shirt or not kind of thing. But if I can see him doing it in that shirt, um, you know, it's sick. I love seeing it. It's yeah. just about, we've also got to pick and choose wisely because as a small business, I, we get hit up so many times a day, people asking for free gear. And I'm like, mate, we're not, <laughs> we're not that big. What's, um, um... I don't, don't want you to sort of out any names or anything, but what's the worst sort of, I guess, sponsorship pitch you've had? We we get ones that just say, sponsor me, bro. That's that's it. Oh, and yeah, then, sure, yeah. And then you look at their social media and they don't have a single video. I'm like, what, what would I sponsor you for? <laughs> like, I don't even... Are you a real person? I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's weird. I had one today actually, where I, I voice messaged this guy, and he he said something along the lines of, oh, "I'd I'd like to ride." Like it was not a bad pitch, wasn't rude at all or anything like that. Um, but he's over in the states. I'm like, mate, as a, as a small business for the foreseeable future, we're only sponsoring inside Australia. Um. And we've done a few collaborations outside of Australia, but we're sort of, we're trying to steer clear of that too, because it's just so much more cost with shipping and stuff like that. And um, I sort of explained that to him in a nice way. And then his response was something like, oh, I, oh he asked me if I could share one of his clips. Actually, that's what it was. Yeah. And I said, no, nah, unfortunately I can't. Um, if you're ever rocking our gear in the future though, we'd be more than happy to. Um, we used to sort of share anyone's. Now we've got enough people wearing our gear and it's kind of like, no, to feature on our story and stuff, we only want to promote our product. And um, he goes, well, where's my gear then? I just said, it's on the website. <laughs> like, it's on the website, just waiting, waiting for you yeah. to pay for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's there whenever you want it. 
<laughs> sitting sitting in my office no. waiting for you to buy, yep. buy them. Sitting behind me right now, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, but yeah, we're really, really hoping to sort of work with anyone doing awesome shit, in particular inside of Australia. Um, you know, whether it's a motocross, skating, snowboarding, cars, you know, I haven't, I'm yet to sort of see a clip of someone in a car where I go, oh, we could actually put that out there. But also most of my content and my feed is based around boarding. So that's what I see mostly. Yep. But, um, you know, anything that you look at and you go, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, nice. Nice. We'll jump over and sort of have a bit of a chat about the website. Um, is that something you set up? Is this this is probably more for me now because I've just sort of launched mine and it's not much there wasn't much of a launch. I just kind of put it together and went, oh, it's live now. Um yeah. is that something you set up yourself? Uh mostly. Mostly. Mostly with some help here and there. Yep. Um so like from from the word go, I done the whole website on my own. Um and then it's been as I've sort of ran into problems that I didn't know how to fix, like at one stage, um, just our online store speed was slow as it was from someone going from page to checkout and stuff. Um, it was just sort of unacceptable. Like if you jumped on there, you'd go, I'm not buying this. Like you kind of just sign off cause it's taken too long. Yep. And that was something I didn't know how to fix. And I got a guy to jump in and help me with that. Um, there's been, little bit of code here and there. There was one guy I was paying to help me who ended up hijacking my website for a bit. Oh, right. And 300 bucks to get it back. What? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he was meant to be helping me with what was he doing on the website? Can't remember now. He was doing something and this was the first guy I'd ever got to help me out and he'd helped me out with a couple things and I just left the access there. And then one day I got a text from him um, and it showed like that the website was in an error and I looked it up on my phone and my work computer and sure enough, you couldn't get on. And um, yeah, I sort of said, well, how can we fix it? And he said, oh, he'll get his team onto it. And he said, but it'll cost 300 bucks. And I just, I just paid it like no thought. Yeah. It was after that. I was like, fuck, he done that. Yeah. And, then I cancelled him from the website, removed him, and I went and talked to someone else um, who was a, a verified Shopify expert. Yep. I went through it, and they assured me that it was him. Yeah, right. They were like, yeah, that's easy to set yeah. up, and what he fixed takes two seconds. But I, I would have had no idea how to fix it. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I got stitched up a little bit. But, I mean, 300 bucks, not too bad. <laughs> No, that's not too bad. That could have been so much worse. Yeah, imagine if it was three grand. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I would have paid that. <laughs> I might have, though. I might yeah, have. Exactly. If you're thinking that's that's the, the cost and what other choice have you got, good chance yeah, you would have. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, other than that though, most of it's been done by myself and um yeah, just bits of help here and there. And uh one guy though who helped with the store speed and stuff, he's a guy who I can message now and he'll sort of just, Hey, how do I do this? And he'll just give me an explanation. So I yeah. do it. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. Solid dude from Germany. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you said you, you with Shopify. I've, I've done the same thing. Is there a reason you went that way or? 
I I figured two things. Um, number one was when you look into starting an online e-commerce store, you know about Shopify before you even try. Yeah. Kind of thing like everyone knows about Shopify somehow. So in my mind, I'm like, well, clearly their advertising and marketing is going well. And to me, that sort of said, well, this is going to be the one out of all of them that might be a little more expensive, but probably has the most perks without any knowledge of checking. Um, but then I also listened to the guy who started Spotify, him on a podcast and his attitude about business and stuff. I was like, you know what? I'd prefer to pay this dude than anyone else. Not that I've listened to any other, like I haven't listened to the guys who own, um, what is it like big commerce or WooCommerce and Winks and stuff like that. Um, but just the general vibe from his podcast, I was yeah. like, yeah. And I'd say as well, dealing with Shopify support, that's not something I planned on, but now Shopify support is unreal. Yeah. Sort of anytime you want to talk to them, 24-7 chat, never wait more than like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And yeah, they, they're always willing to help you out. Yeah, see, so I... I spent a bit of time. I sort of looked around. I um did a fair few trials on different things. You know, like your Wix and your Squarespace and and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. um, it was just just from the word go on Shopify, everything just seemed so much easier. Yeah, and so much so much easier to sort of navigate to use. Um, you know, and, and we've all heard Joe Rogan, Spruik um Squarespace and how easy it is for for a monkey like him to do and I'm like that's that's all well and good you don't do your own shit anyway but yeah. um I'm, as I'm working through it and trying to just trying to you know get the user interface and and work it all out and then I sort of get something really rough together and go okay well that wasn't as easy as he'd make it sound and then you sort of get to the trial stage of it and like okay, okay you can just you, know, you can have your address and a trial for a month for I think I can't remember now, but it was a lot more than everything else. Yeah. And then then the hosting was a lot more again. I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll do the month and just see how it goes. I give myself that time to sort of play around with it. So I paid for that month trial and by the end of it I just I just scrapped it and I went, no, nah, next. Then I went yeah. over to weeks and it was a little bit of the same thing. Uh, at least you're cheaper. But yeah, it was a bit of the same thing. And the second I tried Spotify, uh, Shopify, sorry, it was, um, I'm like, oh, wow. So I don't know if it was just my experience with the other ones. I've, I'm actually building up experience doing things there. I reckon I reckon the experience from the other ones probably helped a little bit. Yeah. To making that easier. But in my opinion, like my partner done a Wix, a Wix website at one stage. I remember it was all set up. And then in order to process people's payments for the product, you had to pay more. Yeah. You had you put in all these hours of work because they've promised you this. And they're like, oh, but if you actually want to start a business, you got to pay us this. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, fuck those guys. Yep. Escape. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, you <laughs> tell me what I'm up for straight up. Like, yeah, that's right. Customer service, like you don't like kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you're at Shopify because it is, from what I can gather, they're sort of ahead of the curve. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and I've done everything 100% myself so far. 
and not that it's a lot. Like if you go and look at it, it's pretty bare bones. It's three pages and I've got one product up at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's early days still, but at least the bone, the, the like the, the backbone's there for it and it's easy enough to sort of play around with. Yeah. If I can give you one piece of advice that if you start doing it from the start, you'll never have to go change it is with any images on your website, make sure that you're reducing the file size of that image. Right. So if it's a product image, it shouldn't be higher than 360 kilobytes. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. If you need me to let you know, I can. Yeah, we'll but get into that one later. Yeah. yeah, well, that was one of the reasons why my whole website was slowed down is I had all these images, but everything was uploaded almost at its original size. Yeah. Yep. Original size. And it was just screwing the website, which is obvious when you think about it. But when you don't know. Not so much when you're excited and sort of putting everything together. Yeah. yeah. And um, and like there was an app you could download that says it will make all your images smaller on the website. But the app installs a bunch of code on your website that makes your website run slow as well. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so that, that was essentially the biggest reason why my website was running slow. Yeah, nice. I got a bunch of um, like sort of what do they call it, open source software that I can sort of resize pictures, images and all that sort of stuff with. Yeah. So yeah, it's something I'll definitely look at. Thankfully, I don't have a lot up there at the moment. There's not a lot of images to... to that's right, but that's what I mean. So, but but that's, that's really long, good to know, yeah. You never have to go back and go far out. There's a hundred yeah. of these things I've got to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Um, so did you have, have you had any other previous experience sort of trying to start kick off a website or anything at all? Only only the first time that I ran the business, I did. That's sort of, I think that's what enabled me when I relaunched Guilty to really hit the ground running. I sort of, and I'd already used Shopify. I kind of, I already also had all the logos and stuff that I wanted to use that I'd designed and had all the vector files for from three years earlier. So it was sort of when I said, all right, I'm doing Guilty again. Um, basically I just had to find a sample of the t-shirt that I wanted and then I was good to go. And it was sort of in the time that it took for those samples or for the first order to get to me, I was able to build the website. I'd actually already built it on WordPress. Um, just so that the day we launched, I actually just copied my whole WordPress website because it's free onto Shopify. And obviously it's not just copy paste but I was able to just like copy paste from the website to yep. Shopify yep. and have that 14 day free trial while we were actually open. Yep. Um, and that was, I think that was a good advantage as well. But um, yeah, that's just from previous experience of running the business. And it was, um, yeah, definitely helped for sure. Yeah. So when you, when you kicked off like that, that three years ago did you kind of hit the ground running then was it was it pretty quick to sort of be making sales it was actually we we started making sales prior to even having our product in right um i remember if he ever listens to this he's still one of our best customers but um hayden won't won't mention last names because i don't know but hayden knows if he ever hears this he was the first dude whoever was someone i didn't know and he hit me up and he was like, can I pre-order a shirt? And I was like, well, we don't have anything set up to process a payment or whatever. 
And he was like, no, 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 let me just transfer to you. And that was like maybe four weeks before I had the product. And he was the first ever customer in Canberra, didn't know him personally. And I remember when that happened, that was kind of like, a, okay, people like this. Like that's all the proof I needed. If one stranger will buy my product, there's however many billion people in the world, like this can be a legitimate business. And it was, it was really a light bulb moment when that happened. But um, that doesn't mean though, I remember when we first started, man, we might go two weeks without a sale. You know, you'd have, you'd have a sale and we've got me and my partner have on our phones. It goes ching. Yeah. Sale. And, you know, it might be two weeks and then we'd just be walking down the street or at dinner and our phone's cha-ching. We'd be like, yes. It was, it was <laughs> mental. But, um, yeah, we sort of, and we still, we still have that. But even to this day, we have, we have quiet days for sure. Um, you know, it's, I think that's the hardest thing about a business is it's up and down there. <laughs> like the funniest, funniest thing I've found at the moment is, to sort of set myself up to be able to do all this sort of stuff and be able to offer um, products a little bit, whether they're stickers, key rings, whatever, for the moment, just to sort of get the name out there and and just have people interacting and supporting the podcast. To sort of set everything else up in the back end is where it's really starting to cost the money. Like that's where you've got to start outlaying the money and you haven't even looked at putting something out there to sell yet. Yep, yep. That was that was a spin out to me. I'm like, I oh, know I understand, you know, like you gotta takes money to make money, right? Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't wasn't ready for that. I'm like, okay, so now I've got this and that's a monthly that's in like a, a repeating monthly cost and this and this and this. And before you've even looked at going, okay, well, here's this five dollar sticker that I have for sale now, you're like, Oh, okay, I I already need to be pulling in a hundred and twenty dollars a month. Or something like that, you know, it's like, oh, your website <laughs> wasn't fees. what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, your website fees, your, per- yeah. your professional email, yeah, these little things that, and you sort of just sign up to them because you need it. Yeah. You know, oh, I do need that. And then you're looking at your bill at the end of the month, and you're like, am I really spending that much? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, can, what can I get rid of? And you're looking like, not really anything. I kind of need all of this. That's right. Yeah, it's um, I feel your pain, man. That's right, and and the whole reason for me sort of doing it to start with is because I want to sort of at the moment I'm sitting in my lounge room, and um, it takes a very patient wife. Yeah, <laughs> puts a little bit of strain on the whole family, right? Um, so I'm sitting in my lounge room right now, and I want to try and get into just like a small office. You know what I mean? Like there's there's some around the a little like half hour away from me that like a little fourteen square meter office, which is. 120 a week so like okay that's the kind of plan to try and just make enough or just pull in enough through all the different sort of revenue streams that you can have to do that but now to sort of get to there you're like okay well now i need 800 dollars a month (laughs) you know it's gone from from you know like 480 or whatever to 800 you're like oh oh okay it's like the math math doesn't work (laughs) yeah yeah, like just to make that little bit here, I need to double it or triple it over over there. So, yeah, I I feel you, man. It's um like in order to with these, you know, t-shirts or smaller. I would st- I would say they're small products. You know, they're not high ticket items. 
Like, I mean, I think we're on the expensive side of a t-shirt, but it's still a t-shirt. You're not buying a car. Yeah. So it's, it really is about the quantity you can sell. Your, like your profit per item is just not that much. Yeah. People think it is. Yeah. But it's, it's not as much as people think, I reckon. And so it's like, well, how many, how many of these do I really need to be selling every yeah. day to actually, and it's a lot. <laughs> and you, like I'm like a $5 sticker, for example, like I'm looking at that going, is that too much to pay for a sticker? Like, I feel like it's too much to pay. <laughs> so like, oh, do I drop that down? But then I, then you, yeah, okay, well now I'm not actually making that much of a margin on it at all. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, working out your margins and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It depends I'm, on, I'm depends getting on, to learn now. Yeah, and depends on your quality and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, you know, everything has its little role in what you charge. Yeah, so that's, that's always been a big thing for me too is like the quality of the stuff that I put out. I used to stream on Twitch um, like – with gaming and all that sort of stuff and i had a bit of a brand that i was sort of pushing and, and like every everyone else who streams on twitch they want to try and make it big in that that area and um i can't remember what it was now but one of the side sort of um programs or companies that you'd sort of used that that would help out they actually made a um like a merchandise section so you could literally just um give them your image that you wanted on your merchandise and people, your followers or whoever was watching could actually order straight yeah. from there. And um, I thought I'll give it a go. I just don't know what the quality is like because there's no way to check it at all. Yeah. And um, so I uploaded a couple of images and went, all right, you know, guys, if, if you want, um, this is there, this is an option. It doesn't cost me money. It doesn't make me money, but it gives you the option to sort of show support in some way. And, and um, one one dude bought a shirt, and he sent me a photo of it, and it was all but see through. It was just a white shirt with a logo on it, and it was was all but see through. Was the company Printful? I can't remember. Can't remember for the me. But the the shirt was just horrendous. It was so bad. Like the material was so thin, so flimsy. Yeah, it would have been comfortable as hell to wear <laughs> at home, and that's oh. it. For the day that it's that it held together, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. So I, instantly from that, I pulled everything down. I went, no, nah, that's not happening. Like, yeah. if I'm going to be selling, and and from that day, it's it's been if I'm going to sell someone something with a logo of mine or something to do with me, I'm going to be in control of the quality of it. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got to be because it's it's long term thinking. Like as much as you might be able to make a quick buck off that the way that worked, yep. that guy was never going to come back. No, luckily he was. Yeah, you know, luckily I knew him well enough, and he sent me a photo, and he's gone, "Man, this is garbage," and yep. I and I didn't even know how much he paid for it. You know what I mean? I didn't even have control of the pricing. Oh shit! And this is I want to say when was this? Let's say it was probably two thousand eighteen. Yeah, and it was forty dollars then. Yeah, far out. You still forty dollars. You still expect a pretty good quality. I want the best T-shirt. Yeah, money can buy for forty bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, 
that's guys like that though as well, or customers that are willing to give you that constructive feedback. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine if he didn't say anything. Yeah, that's right. He could have just went, Oh, you, your stuff's garbage. And yeah. not told me, told everybody else. Yeah, exactly. He thinks it, goes, you know, screw that dude. This stuff yeah. sucks, but never says it to you. Yeah. And you're there going, Oh, cool, I sold a shirt. Yeah. And and that sort of thing, you know, like he could have yeah, he would have disappeared and you'd never know. You'd never exactly. go like it'd be weeks away and you're like, Oh geez, I wonder where that guy went. He was a regular in chat and I haven't seen him in weeks. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. That's what we get with customers and sometimes like if something's going on with the website, they hit me up. I'm like, thank you, because I don't check the website as a customer that often. Yeah. I only check it if we're doing a new product or something yeah. like that. But, you know, there's bugs on websites and things yeah, happen. Absolutely. And they'll message yeah. me, hey, by the way, this isn't working. Sorry to annoy you. I'm like, that is not annoying. You um, are doing me a massive right. solid yep. because you're probably not the only one experiencing it. Yep. I had a guy today reach out and say, hey, um, because I, I saw that as soon as it comes through, like I don't have the notification you guys have got, but as soon as it comes through, I'm like, oh, I'm mad. I'm like, okay, I know that guy. That's cool. When I get home this afternoon, I'll package it. I'll send it off to him. Sweet yep. deal. And um, then I got a message from him on Instagram saying, oh, um, just so you know, the tipping portion on your checkout is broken. I couldn't, like it didn't work. Couldn't leave a tip. Like, oh, dude, you, you don't need to tip. Like, I didn't even know there was a tipping portion on there. So I'm like, well, cheers, man. Like, can you tell me, you know, have you got screenshots or anything like that just to sort of help me out? So I sort of then went, because I was so busy today doing my actual job, I <laughs> I spent the time to sort of go right through it all and go, okay, well, where's this tipping portion? So to do that, I had to literally push myself through all the way through the checkout to get right to the end to where that was. I'm like, like far, I'm about to buy one of my own stickers here. Like how far do I have to go? to get? And, to and, and, and you're going to lose 1.49% to the credit card fee. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And I'm, like, and I'm like, how far in do I have to go to find where this spot is just so that I can then go back and fix that spot? And yeah, uh, yeah thankfully I've, I found it and I got on top of it, but I just took that out altogether. I'm like, well, I appreciate that you wanted to, man, but I don't, you know, you buying that sticker and supporting me that way is more than enough. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that's happened twice now. Someone's reached out to me and going, oh, this doesn't work and this doesn't work. So I'm like, sweet, I can go back, look through it all and figure out why it doesn't work. Yeah, Without that sort of feedback, like you're just thinking things are working. Yeah, it's because you can't, you sort of, you can't, you test as much as you can. Yeah. But you it's too hard to test every little button and yeah, you that's know, right. you're banking on your customers to come and have a whinge. Yep. When, not, not a whinge, but it kind of is. Hey, mate. Yeah, if it, if it needs to be a whinge to show you, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, no worries. We'll get that fixed up right away. And, you know, thank you, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, where were we? I lost where we were at now. That's all right. We've got a we got a big list, mate. That's right. There <laughs> was um, there was one other man. I've was such a weird week for me, and trying to get this run sheet going. I'm like, oh man, I had an idea of where I wanted this to go, and I'm like, oh, that's not where it's going to go at all. <laughs> oh no, have I stopped you? But uh, it's all good. 
But um, no, no, knowing what you know now, um, would you have any tips for anyone like someone trying to start their own website, like like me? Hi, <laughs> or something you wish you had known would have known from the start, like I guess the images. Yeah, that's one. If you're talking in particularly about the website, that like that probably really is my biggest biggest tip right there is because that image thing that sort of screwed me um at a point in time. Um aside from that, there's lots of little things I've learned and there's things I'd suggest, but they're also not things I'd suggest from the very start. Right. Although maybe the most recent thing that I'm sort of getting onto is you're creating a customer referral program. Um, that's been, we've had one for ages, but it's not been, it was never easy to access. It was like a bit clunky to use. Um, and sort of the only way we promoted it was by me telling people. Um, but now we've sort of, we've switched the app that we're using to a different company. Um, we've made the reward quite, quite big. And now I've got like QR codes that I can send with every order. Yep. Um, so it's, you're promoting it a bit more obviously in a way. And I, I wouldn't say that we've got results back on that yet. But if you can, you know, if you can turn one customer into two or you get one customer to tell one mate, that's how you continue to just expand what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like we've done a good job of that through like our sort of communication strategy through social media and stuff. But if we can help that through the website and automate some of that referral type thing, it could be massive, but I don't have the results yet to say it works. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers yeah. and uh, hoping that, you know, people start to use it. But, you know, referral programs are one of those things that some people love them, but that percentage of people is not that big. Yeah. But it only takes, you know, a few of those people and it can really get your ball rolling or if, or if it happens to be someone who does buy your gear and who do has like a substantial following who knows yeah that i mean that's the dream you know yep. Kimmy, okay come buy some guilty <laughs> <laughs> nice. um on that segue over to like sort of social media um like i was saying like your your, your presence and um just your communication instantly is super impressive it's something like it's something that's so easy that I'd never thought of. And even even after after you sort of sending that message out to me, I'm like, that is a brilliant way just to drive, you know, uh, engagement. You know, people to even just send a message back going, cheers. You know, like that's that's pretty awesome in itself. That's yeah. engagement is something that's so ridiculously hard on social media to drive. Yeah, it's it's only gotten harder. Like what I wish that when I originally launched Guilty that I had have stuck with it. So I would have had a, you know, three, four year leg up on where we're at now. But there's a little part of me that thinks I also would have ruined a lot of customers because I would have done things wrong. 
So it's a bit of who knows. Um, but with social media, like the voice messages and things like that, it's it it's no, it's not about the likes and the comments and whatnot. It really is about that engagement, that bit of human interaction. But it is hard. Yeah, absolutely. When you're working a full time gig. Um, it's yeah, it's sort of. I remember when I first started doing it, it was just it was easy because the numbers were small, and as it grew, I sort of just kept finding ways to keep on doing it. Um, but yeah, you <laughs> you've got to carve out that time. That's you know that's my lunch break. It's eat in five minutes and go for a twenty minute five minute walk while doing voice messages. Yeah, it's doing it on the way to work. It's literally any time that I don't have to be communicating with someone, I'm voice messaging yeah. people to welcome them to the shop. Or, you know, sometimes even I'll have to say to the missus, hey, I just I just need half an hour outside to get some of these done. Um, you know, and she's the worst too when I'm doing it. She'll she'll come and mimic my voice, like mime in front of me. So I piss myself laughing <laughs> and I'm like, it might take me five attempts to get a voice message out to someone. Yep. And I'm like, babe, piss off. <laughs> Leave me alone. Because I just can't be serious. Not that I'm trying to be serious, but it, I feel like if you voice message someone and you start laughing halfway through, yeah. it kind of sounds like you're taking the piss. Yeah. And that's not what I'm trying to do. Just if I ever laugh, if I ever laugh to someone listening to a voice message, it's either because my missus is stirring me up or my dog's been a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had this mental image of you, like getting, I don't know, like like getting a notification on your phone and then sort of running off from, um, like so, so, I don't know what you do for a living, but say you're, you're working at a desk or something, you run off to like a closet and just you're in the closet just trying to set this <laughs> voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> it is, though. It is a bit like that. If I'm, you know, if I'm no one's around at work, chuck a sneaky couple in or I'll be doing one and someone walks in, I just put the phone down. And I've had people like, were you talking to someone? No, I'm like, no, it's a podcast. <laughs> like, I swear it was your voice. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you must be crazy, bro. Yeah, that's right. You get if if someone gets what gets on that's a bit echoey, you know that was that was a toilet break. Yeah, that's the toilet one. <laughs> you hear a flush in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's good. So I, I assume Instagram is like the, the strongest platform for yourself as far as social media goes? It definitely is. Um, and that that purely came down to which platform did I want to use the most. That's, you know, we sort of, when we launched, I weighed them all up. Instagram also makes sense. Obviously, we're selling clothing, so it's a visual format. But out of all the social medias, if I'm going to spend my time on one, and this I don't know, maybe there's some people in the world who do it, but this idea of being across every social media platform all at once, if you're someone who can pull that off on your own starting a small business, that's bloody impressive. It's difficult, hey? Yeah, because I've heard that a million times from you know people I listen to, entrepreneurs and stuff, and I'm like, bro, you've got millions of dollars and you've got heaps of team members. Like, I'm one man. Yeah. And, it's, and I know from our like sales metrics and stuff that it's like 97% of our website traffic is from Instagram. Yeah. So it's like, 
if I start focusing somewhere else, I mean, I'd love to do, I'd love to be able to create way more video content and get around YouTube and TikTok a bit more, but video content in comparison to photo content is just another level as well. Yeah. It's, it's just more time. It's more time that you don't have. And it's one of those things that you just go one day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's time, money, and gear. If you don't have the gear to start with, it's very hard to do. Yeah. You're relying on someone else to do it for you, which nine times out of ten is not going to come for free. That's exactly right. Or it won't be done how you want it. Yeah. Or, or if it is someone helping you out, it's generally not done in a timely manner. Yeah. Which is fair enough if you're not paying. That's right. Why should it be? Yep. But that's you're relying on that too. It's kind of like, shit, man, I need that. But also I can't whinge because. Right, yeah. You know I that thing it. you're doing for me for nothing? Where is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, you just kind of, kind of can't. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So um, how important has um the social media been for you, I guess, like right from the beginning? Has it sort of been the number one focus? It's been massive. We essentially, like we we do run some paid advertising, um, but we we at one point, the last time we had a paid advertising company that worked for us because that was just something I wasn't willing to take on. I messed with it a bit, but it was just another job, another job with not enough time. And so I hired a company to do it and um, we could obviously see that they were bringing in sales, but when I ended up stopping working with them, our sales didn't actually change. They didn't go down. Right. Okay. So it was, they were bringing in people from other sources, but it was not sort of worth the expense. Um, but at the moment, We've, I've been lucky enough that um, a guy trying to start his own agency um, just in like the fashion scene, he basically wanted to build his portfolio. Um, and so he's running all our ads now, him and his team. Um, and we've sort of worked out an agreement once he gets to a certain point is when we start paying. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to do the testimonials and stuff. And he's just another young Aussie bloke giving it a red hot crack as well. And, um, yeah, he's been awesome to work with too. So he's all over that for us now. But um, social media gave us the ability without running paid ads to launch a business, yeah. like a legitimate known business. No, it's not my full-time job, but, um, you know, I don't think there's any mistaking that it's, it's a real, it's a real, it's the real deal. Have you have you had to spend a lot of time like researching like social media strategies at all? I find the best my sort of approach to things um, is I kind of find one thing and I just do it. Like I'm not looking all around. Like the the whole way I built guilty is off Gary Vaynerchuk's dollar eighty Instagram strategy. And that's the idea is comment leaving your two cents 
on 90 pictures a day. So that's saying comment on 90 different photos every day. Um, I have adapted that a little bit into a way that I think works better. Um, but that was sort of just by figuring it out. But that was sort of, as soon as I heard that, I was like, all right, I'll give that a red hot crack. Like, and I was like, for 30 days, that's all I'll do. And the results came. Yep. <laughs> it's like, all right, the man's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. So instead of looking for the best, I guess the best solution, it was pick something and start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you just, the internet, man, you could look up, you can look at videos on Instagram strategies for yonks. And then 30 days goes past and you haven't done a thing. Yep. Yeah. Better, better off to get something done, start moving. And that's yep. how like, I adapted it into our own way is, you know, after doing it for 30 days every day, it's like, you know what? I think this would work better if I done it like this and you adjust it and make it more you. And um, yeah, now I've got a pretty solid, anyone could come work for guilty and I could explain it. This is what I want. This is your job. Yep. Um, but I've tried to try to get my partner to do that job. I've tried to get my mum to do that job at one point, but it's the consistency that they both struggled with. Yeah, right. The days that it didn't get done, and I was like, "Needs to be done." And I, I didn't have time. And I was like, "Well, it's not your job then. It's back yeah. to me." <laughs> I'm like, "Until I can pay you, I really can't get angry at you for not doing it." Yeah. So That's they do. Help. Of course, they help their family, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't expect it for free, even from them. Everyone's got a lie. It's hilarious. Um, that targeted marketing, I um, because I've been looking through, and it, it's not. I haven't been trying to sort of watch YouTube videos or or try and find out how people are doing different things, but I've just been looking at what you can do with each sort of social media platform. But because yeah. of that, I'm now getting those targeted targeted marketing ads of people trying to tell you how to grow on Instagram and you know, you know what I mean? Like they've, I'm getting all of these ads. It's like, Oh, I'll go here and, and watch my free course on how to grow a million followers in a year. And I was like, I'm sure that's not free. Yeah. That's, that's the hook. Watch my free course. It'll never be free yeah. until they sell you something for three grand Yeah, and who knows what they'll teach you. But I'll like dead set this for you, for anyone listening. If like, say for example, your most recent customer, do you have his or her Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. You go to their Instagram and you click on their followers and you just go through that list of followers and on everyone that's a public account, like a couple photos, leave a comment. Don't leave a comment if there's nothing really to say. Yeah. But like, you know, for you with the cars and stuff, probably a lot of those accounts are going to be people with cars. So it's your comments, dope ride, love the ride, that looks sick, whatever it is. And you just do that basically until you get your next customer and then you do it to them. And yeah, you, just, right. you just repeat that process until you kind of want to throw your phone out the window. <laughs> <laughs> But you do. You also do have to be careful because you can get banned on Instagram for doing it too much. Like if Instagram didn't have limits on stuff like that, I swear we could be twice as big. Yeah. But 
if I do too much, Instagram says you can't do any activity on your account for 48 hours. Is that right? Yeah. So you got to, and I can't exactly tell you where that line is. It's, you kind of figure out that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you been hit? Have you been hit with that? Uh, there was at one stage when I was going nuts, when I sort of really figured out how to grow an Instagram organically. And I was like, this, well, this is simple. All I've got to do is do this task more than anyone. Yep. And then there was probably a one month period where I just kept getting banned. You get banned for an hour and then I get banned for six hours and I get banned for a day. And then it was at one point when it got to like a week ban, I was like, okay, this this is no longer working. It's actually, it's slowing me down because it's meaning that there's seven days where I can't do anything. Yeah. So then I slowly sort of wound it back until I found a point where I would get banned and I'd like bring it back a little more and yeah. then it doesn't. And now I've got like my sort of my time frames. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, over to your podcast. Tell us a bit, a little bit about sort of where that stemmed from and and what you what you cover, I guess. Well, the podcast to me it started from I felt as if like when we originally launched Guilty, I was very much all over the Instagram story. Um, sort of constantly interacting in a personal way, which it's a bit, honestly, a little bit sad to me that I don't do that as much anymore, but there's a bit of a concern that with the size of it, um, with my workplace, stuff like that, it's, uh, it's not a conflict of interest or anything like that, but it's more of a just... Seems like it could be a problem in some way. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, I sort of don't get to do that. And it's also, a lot of it comes down to as well, just having the time to like get your phone out and do a little bit. I'm like, I'm busy enough. Um, that's the last thing I want to do. But I listen to podcasts all day long. Um, and it's like, well, what more personal way is there to communicate with someone? Like, I feel like if I bumped into Joe Rogan on the street, I know that dude. Yeah, I think the world knows a fair bit about him, yeah. Exactly right. And like I'd probably I probably if I did run it, I'd probably be like, Oh fuck, it's Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's right. I'd turn and walk the other way. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't say nothing. I'd just yeah, right. keep walking. But I feel like if I did somehow have an interaction, you'd be like, Hey bro, what's up? Like, you know, because you feel like you know where even if he might say something wrong. You're like, well, you know he's not a bad guy. And that's sort of the idea for a podcast for me was like it's a great way to just be personable and, you know, kind of just shoot the shit. And that's what me and Michaela do. It's, yeah, the guilty podcast. But we talk about guilty, but not much. You know, the last podcast we're talking about buying a house and thinking about a new van and it's really just what's going on more so in our personal lives. Um you know, guilty will come up if we've got something to say and which, which it does because it's, it is a big part of our lives. But um, yeah, ultimately I'd like that podcast to be a massive way that we actually get people to come and check out guilty apparel. Yep. Um, 
you know, it's sort of how Andy Frisella for me, MFCO project. It's all business advice and his company company is a supplement company, which I would buy from, but they don't actually sell it in Australia. Um, but I know that if it was here, I would yep. kind of thing. Um, so it just comes down to, I think that's a great way to just be personable and it's, it's easy. It's real. You're not putting on an Instagram filter and trying to make it look pretty and be witty. You're just having a chat, you know, yeah. um, long and yeah, just long form conversation is, I, I find it enjoyable. Yeah. I'm much the same. Like I know for, for this podcast, I find the happy spot is generally like an hour and a half. Yeah. But I enjoy really sort of, but going beyond that because yeah. that's where you really get to know someone, you know, like in that hour and a half, I feel like you're just getting the questions that everybody wants to know out, but you're not really learning about the person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if, if you were to bump into one of your favorite people tomorrow and there was like five questions you wanted to ask, it feels like you're just getting that out. But anything past that is where you're actually getting to know the person and sort of know what makes them who they are. So yeah. I, I enjoy that that much longer sort of format. But I, yeah, from the numbers, from from the analytics, like the hour and a half mark is probably where this podcast shines at the moment. Everyone stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that they stop listening. It's just you, the, it looks like they kind of say like, "Oh, that one goes for two hours. We might uh, I might give that one a skip." So yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think it's no, that's. Depends how much time you've got. That's right. You know, if you start listening to something and you listen to the first hour and then you run, you're like, oh, I'll be back for that second hour. Yeah. It's, um, it, and it's rare in this day and age to have a conversation like this. That's right. That's what's fun about it. And that's what, for me and Michaela doing the podcast, we, I would like it to be longer. Yep. Or I think we should do it more regularly. It's just about the timing. But when we sit down, like we we discuss stuff because it's like you're, you get in that, you're in the talking zone. Like, okay, we're talking now. But if yeah. you sit down generally and you want to talk, you got the TV on or something, you have a little two-minute chat and all of a sudden you're just on the couch watching TV. You're like, oh, shit. Like <laughs> it goes away quickly. But you yeah. put a microphone in front of your face and a proper like no we're talking and you can really i don't you never know where the conversation will go that's right yeah it's um that's what we do all the time we, when yeah. we sit down it's like all right we're going to talk about this and we start talking we don't talk about that at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing it's, it's really hard to get out of like i mean i'm hopeless if i don't write things down like if I came into this with a plan and I could have gone over that plan all day, like if I had bullet points in my head and just gone bang, 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 and I read it out to myself all day, I would have come into this and forgotten every single one of them the second it started. Yeah. I mean, that's how hopeless I am. So I've got to write out what is fairly comprehensive to most people, like a like a run sheet that's fairly, fairly in depth. But that's, they're the point forms for me. They're things I want to touch on. But it's taken me a long time to sort of get away from just reading them out. Yeah. You know what but I mean? That's only, only going to come with practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. There will be, and I think that's the other thing that is the best about a podcast, even if you're not trying to promote it. 
being good at conversation. Yeah. That's that right English, probably not being good at conversation. <laughs> being, being good, good at conversationalist, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, like what a skill to have. Yeah. And it's like with anything, the best way to do it is practice. Just keep doing it, yeah. Yeah. As well, it blew me away at the start because I'm sort of I'm learning how to have a conversation. You know what I mean? Like while I'm doing this all the way along, and I'm sure if anybody sort of listens back, they'll agree that all the way along I've been learning how to talk to people. Which is crazy because what have you been doing your whole life? <laughs> yeah. You've only been on this planet for a few years, you know? Yeah. yeah. The last 40 years I've been talking to people. But it's, I'm only just learning how to talk to people. It's, crazy. it's been a skill that I feel like has been declining too because of phones and internet. Like, yeah. 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 Like how often, like now these days, you know, if you're on a bus or something, you don't say hi to anyone. Yeah. Was even like sometimes me and my partner we used to go for walks and the challenge was we got to say hi to everyone. Yeah. And so there we were like, G'day. And they're like, What are you doing? <laughs> Why did that person just say hi to me? Yeah. But even like we'd be nervous to say hi. Yeah. Why? Why is that the Crazy. case? And Crazy. I think it's always we're thinking, oh, what if that person actually wants to talk to me? Yeah, that's right. What's it what are you trying to sell me? Yeah. It's almost it's considered as a negative thing these days, yeah. which I understand. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. <laughs> That's what's, it is what's exciting though when you invited me on this. I'm like, no, okay. We're blocking out time to have a chat. That's that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, So has it changed from the, the start, like your podcast? Has it sort of, because I'll just quickly having a look back, it looked like it sort of started on at one point, but then came became a whole different thing. Yeah, it's sort of, at first it was, um, what do we call it? It was the Put Your Phones Down podcast. Yep. And that was the whole idea was for us to just sit down, have a chat about what's going on. And it still is that to us. Um, the only reason that we changed it to the Guilty podcast is when it was the old one, there was sort of no relation. Yep. It, yes, it's us doing it, but I felt weird if I was to put that on like the guilty story or chuck it in an email. Whereas now, same premise, but I can chuck it in an email marketing campaign or I can put it up on our story on Instagram and I can say like, this is the guilty podcast. This is a behind the scenes version of what we're actually doing. So um, that's kind of exactly how it is. And um I want to just keep doing it like that. But yeah. hopefully the goal is to podcast studio it up, be able to have guests in there, have some beers with some mates, you know, when you're in Canberra, come on over, yeah. sink a few and do this in person. Like how much more fun would that be? Absolutely. Um, so future plans are, are pretty much that, yeah. Try and have a, have a space for it and, they are, and we want we want a bit more of a permanent setup. Yep. Like you know, do you set yours up when you need to use it, or is it always there? That's no, always there. That's that's the. Uh... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm right. so I'm so jealous. There's there's a lot of strain. <laughs> With, let, let me tell you that much. Like like I said, man, this is in my lounge room. I've got a TV yeah. on a weird wall now. Like behind me. Is the it's wall the TV should be on and all the entertainment unit and all that sort of thing and 
behind my monitors should be my lounge looking towards me you know what i mean but yeah. it's not, it's kind of over that way looking across the room and it's just really strange so it's um yeah my wife's very patient she's always been really supportive of that sort of thing i did have my garage set up when i was streaming but we had like just torrential rains and that destroyed the whole thing i had one hole in some laser light cheating that just one night one storm wrecked everything born yeah I'm like I was lucky my PC survived it and yeah it was it was bad man my light was raining on me it was crazy yeah but I'm a big fan if you've got that set up permanently I think because that's that's probably the biggest barrier to doing a podcast yeah you go oh gotta set up but that's why what we do now and at the moment is we are just doing it off our phone yep that's where this started yeah phone goes on hit record go And it shits me up the wall because I know the sound is not good. <laughs> that's, that's been me the whole way through the audio. Like, you know, I mean, we are audio to start with, but even back in the streaming days when it's 90% video, it's actually 90% audio and that 10% video, you know what I mean? Like it's it's audio, audio, audio. If your audio is shit, no one's hanging around. That's, that's exactly right. And that's what I've come to the realisation. If, if I've got to set up the mic and the computer and stuff, it's like, nah, can't be bothered. If it's button on the phone, I can be. And then we go, all right, we'll build from there. Yep. And even if not many people are listening to it at the moment, people can go back one day. Yeah. You know? That's what. That's why I've got YouTube videos up of when I started Guilty and it's all things to like, you know, one day when someone hopefully says, where'd Guilty come from? They become an overnight success. I'm going to go look at this YouTube video from 10 years ago, mate. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't easy. Yep. Yeah. I say, is it, are you looking at um, audio gear at all at the moment or are you just kind of going to wait till it gets a bit further on? We're not looking. Um, we are, we're hoping when we get the house, yep. <laughs> have a bit of a guilty office set up and I want to set it up in there. Um, and basically the only thing I really want to be good is the mics. And I floated the idea to Michaela that what we should do is get the mics or maybe not even, but I want to start filming it and say, for example, we start by sitting on the floor. Maybe it's just their iPhone and I want to build the podcast studio into something that's legit by hopefully as it grows getting sponsors on board right so like maybe someone from charnwood down the road says oh yeah i'll send you a camping chair for the podcast and then, <laughs> I, and then michaela can sit on the camping chair and i'll still sit on the ground yeah and someone sends another chair someone sends you an ikea chair or <laughs> yeah exactly and slowly and slowly you get all this random crap from different people yep. and build out this podcast you and as you know Someone goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to send you a better chair than that, you know, hopefully. But I think I would like to do that. Um, but there's a part of me that would like to buy the mics and stuff in particular. Yeah. And I'm sure we get that set up and also video set up. Um, and the thing I'd want to do with video as well is I wouldn't be chopping it or editing it. It would be raw as straight up to YouTube. Yep. And maybe in the future someone else can go back through it 
and edit it because video is just a whole nother beast. That's right. The, the time that can go into that is insane. Yep. It's, it's, it's one thing that's kind of held me off uh, doing it with this until I'm in that sort of studio space because it is something I do want to do. I do want to put video to it, but it's very difficult when a lot of it's online. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the studio space is also because I do have people come to my house. You know what I mean? Like I do have people face-to-face do the podcast and that's a bit weird for them and a bit weird for yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's they're going to a random person's house or I'm having a random person at my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So it, it's not only does it look more professional, um, but it's it's a little bit easier on both parties. You yeah. Know? Like oh, I'm going to this weird guy's house. Like I've never met this guy, but I'm going to his house, and that's strange, right? Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, I've even thought with my mates. I'm like, they've been over here for a beer or something. I'm like, oh, I should just get the phone out and record a podcast. I'm like, no way. I'm asking my mates to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird as. But if you had the studio set up, yeah. I don't think you. Oi, boys, you want to record a podcast? Yeah. Check out this setup. Let's go. Definitely makes it more more inviting. Yeah, but with that, I'm you know I'm also very particular about the video aspect of it as well. Like it, it has to have a look. You know what I mean? Like like you were saying yourself, like oh, if we're doing video, I can sort of put something up and, and cover all the all the boxes of shirts behind me. It's just yeah. it's that kind of thing, you know. Like there there is an aesthetic to it, and um, especially if you want to be doing YouTube stuff, like it has to be aesthetically pleasing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because that's what it is. It's video. People are going to watch it. If they're sitting there looking at something they don't like looking at, they're not going to be doing it for long. Yeah. Well, I find like the best, because this is what we done for a little, we filmed maybe two podcasts or three. Yep. And I was chopping them up to make like Instagram reels and TikToks, like, you know, 10 second snippets of our podcast. Yep. And I thought these are good, but like, and this is how we could definitely promote it. But to make that 10-second clip took me ages. Yeah. I'm listening to myself talk for half an hour and going, all right, this bit will work. It's the hardest thing to do, yeah. And I was editing it so the camera would switch. When me and Michaela were talking, it would switch from me to her. Yep. And it was like, it's simple, but it's so much actual work. And I'm like, I don't have this in me. It was it was fun, but it was only fun for a week, and I was like, "No more." <laughs> so I'm going to pack orders, man. Yeah, yep. yeah. So one day I'd like to, when we video, I'd like to just upload to YouTube, and then one day be able to get someone who can go back through those videos, and that's their job, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah, no, it's easy enough to do. It's easy enough to do these days too. So. Yeah, exactly right. Awesome, man. Um, just looking it through through the hypotheticals that are quite obviously copy and paste. <laughs> um, but I'll throw some hypothetical questions at you, and they're going to be a little bit car based. But if money was no object, what would your ultimate sort of car be? It's a Lambo. Yeah, I've got to drive me one of them one day. <laughs> I swear, if I don't, I don't, I don't care if I. I'd love to own one. But I have to drive a Lamborghini one day. Nice. I can and, I can see a black Lambo with white writing, white guilty writing all over it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I see too. But it's <laughs> that's like my top of the that's like my supercar dream, you know? It's I had I remember when I was little I had a Lamborghini, white Lamborghini Diablo poster on my wall. And that was Very like nice. that was sick. That's the fucking tits, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I skipped that earlier. I'm like, oh, look, I can't find the segue to sort of put this dream car in. So that, that's really cool. So as a kid, you sort of had that that Diablo as a as a dream car. It was it was that and a Dodge Viper. Yeah, I had a Hot Wheels Dodge Viper, and I love that thing. You just, just walk around with it, <laughs> jumping everything. Nice. So one day I'd love love to own that. Um, but you know, that's that's a bloody expensive car. Absolutely. Absolutely, make some good advertising campaigns though. Yeah, it would for sure. Uh, the other one is if you have to sell every car you own. With that money, you can you can buy the car like the the highest level of sort of dream car, I suppose. That with the money that you get from those sales, what what do you think you're being, you're able to afford with that? <laughs> this is hilarious because I don't even own a car. <laughs> <laughs> so I can afford exactly what I've currently got, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah. So because my oh, partner, my partner's got a car. Yep. Well, actually, I the, sell van her car. the van was mine. Yep. And we sold the van for three grand. Okay, we'll sell her car too. We, if we sell the Mazda CX three, we get maybe thirty. That's thirty would be like pretty good. Yep. So let's go with that though. So if I've got thirty three grand. I am probably looking at an 06 WRX. Not bad. Yeah. That's uh, that's super practical too because that'll get you around the snow, no problem. Exactly. I would consider I'd be looking for a wagon as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I miss I miss my WRX wagon so much. <laughs> that's something that blew me away when I, when I first started going to the snow, actually, was the amount of Subarus down there is crazy. It's because you don't need snow chains. Through heaven. Yeah. 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 No, it is for sure. But that's what that's what I'll be looking at. And I think I'll have some money spare to put some money into it as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so we've got some questions from past guests. Uh, I don't know how many of these are going to relate to you, but we'll we'll give them a shot anyway. Um, do you have like a, a superstition that you can't kick? Um, shit, man. I don't think I actually do have any superstitions. Um, there's nothing that comes to mind right now. I love it because I ask everyone I ask, you're like, oh, no, I don't have any superstitions. And oh, sometimes when I'm walking, like, I don't want to step on the line, or you know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. I I do have one now that you bring that up. The volume can't be on an odd number. That's awesome. If someone puts it can be as long as it's a five. Okay, 15, so, so it's halfway. It's halfway. It's halfway. But fifteen's fine. But if you put the volume on thirteen, yeah. like if I watch you do it in a car, I will. I will change it. If you do it on the TV, I will change it. I cannot. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. If that's a superstition. That's just some OCD. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so it could be fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen, but it can't be thirteen. Yeah, it can't be thirteen or seventeen. <laughs> it drives me mental, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, 
I don't want too many people. I don't want any of my mates to know that though, because I know they just do it to piss me off. It's funny you mentioned that actually, because I just about everything, like my gauge for for the longest time for how well I've actually um, adjusted the levels in my podcast was listening back to it on 15 in my van. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where it sits. So if it's at 15 and the levels are good, I'm happy. Yeah. 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 Everything, yeah. everything I listen to, 15 is like that happy place. If I've got to go up from that, your recording's too low. You gotta you gotta fix it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Do you have a superstition? Um I don't know if I do now. I probably would. Um I did have the, the conversation when I was a kid, for whatever reason, I don't remember why, but I used to have to backtrack. So if I walked somewhere one way, I had to walk back that exact same way. Oh. So if I walked uh, down the street and I crossed at a certain crossing and kept walking, if I came back, I had to come back to that crossing, cross that crossing, and I just we had to are, that exact same way. We are opposites. <laughs> I will never walk the same way twice. Oh, really? <laughs> like in, in a day. Yep. I have to do like a circle. Yeah. I can't travel like <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know why. I can only put it down to maybe I lost something, so I backtracked that day. And every day after that I had to do like it was it was bad. Like it was like I was a kid, so I was at school. So if I came out of the classroom and went to the playground a certain way, I had to come back that same way. Come through that bush to get out there, I had to jump back through it. Even like your mate like where are you going? You're like, oh, I'll see you there. Yeah. But <laughs> but it was even like it was just like it didn't matter what time it was, even like what sort of distance it was between them. If at the start of the day I walked to my class a certain way, at the end of the day I had to walk back that same way. Yeah. There could have been 20 other times I walked, I backtracked that day, but at the end of the day I still had to backtrack from the start of the day. It was so strange. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. It was really strange, man. <laughs> Um, how many five-year-olds do you think you can take on in a fight? So you're like birthday party five-year-olds. They're they're coming at you like a horde of zombies. I'm thinking, I'm thinking ten. That was that was a number I started with. I think ten. Five, fives. I feel like five's easy. They're only five. Yeah, that's five's right. Easy. I feel like you still you still beat ten, but once it goes up from ten, it gets harder. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you start to get tired. There's like I might I might be able to fight them for a bit, but I lose eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends though. Are these if these five year olds are running like a herd of zombies, that's that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you leave your phone locked or unlocked around your missus? Uh, it's always locked, but she knows the pin. She can, we, we actually, we talked about this yesterday. Um, and I was like, the whole point of your phone and like you knowing the code is that I can leave my phone right next to you. The trust is broken if you look at it. <laughs> that's right. But yeah. Like that's, that's the real trust game. Yep. It's like, and we're, but we never do. Like it's just been one of those things that you're like, what are you, what are you ever going to achieve from that kind of thing? Exactly. Um, 
Tell us your best or your worst joke. So you can take a pick. <laughs> have you have you got a particularly bad one that you're really proud of? Or, or a really good one? Far out on the spot like that. Yeah. Uh, I've really got to do better at telling people to read that part. <laughs> I know. I, I did read that part and it's just I've totally gone the I've gone cold in the moment. Um, I'm going to be filling up your podcast with blank space. That's all right. I can edit the hell out of this. <laughs> Best or worst joke? I can't even. I can only think of one joke right now. Oh, give us! <laughs> and it's, it's so crap. <laughs> it's a knock knock joke. Oh, <laughs> give it to me. Knock knock. Who's, who's there? Let us. Let us who? Let us in. <laughs> That's literally all that would come to my mind. I've known that since I was like two. Perfect. Uh, I love it. Um, and this one is from last week's guest who I forgot to ask while on the podcast. Um, but I, I got the question from him later. Uh, fuel is gone completely, so there's no cars, no bikes, no go-karts, no motorsports whatsoever. Um, what is the next hobby you'd be into and why? Well, I shouldn't say no motorsports, but there's no um, internal combustion engine sports of any sort. What's what's the next hobby you'd be into and why? I feel like this is a really easy one for you. Well, I'm lucky it's, it's straight into snowboarding, skating, but if you take away... I feel like if you edit that question, if you took away motors and boards, then I struggle. Because <laughs> if you took away boards, I'd probably go motorsports. Yeah. And I'd go motorbikes for sure. Yep. Um, but if you took away both, I would get hell into pool, snooker. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely love pool. Um, I would love to dedicate a massive amount of time to that and get good. <laughs> I think that would be sick. I um, when I was probably my my early to mid twenties, I lived, I want to say, hundred meters from a pub. Yeah. So we were there almost every, at least every Thursday night. I don't know why it was Thursday, but at least every Thursday night, and probably the Saturday night. Always, always there playing pool. I never got any better at it. Really? Never. I was just, I was mediocre at best, and I stayed that all the way through. And we lived there. I think we we only lived there for about two years, but that's that's a lot of time there. A lot of pool. There's a lot of pool to be still shit at it by the end of it. Yeah, I reckon that was my um, with me and the missus' house. I said, I, I've, I've got one one condition. I want a pool table. I want a pool table. Actually, I said two. I said, I want a pool table and I want to be able to build a half pipe in the backyard. And she's like, yep. So I hope they come true. <laughs> it just comes down to whether I can afford them. <laughs> I'm allowed to have them, but can yeah. I buy them? That's it. Um, so I guess with that, mate, it's your turn to give us a question for next week's guest. I did actually come up with this. Oh, nice. Would you... Rather know how you die or when you die. I've, I've been contemplating this all day, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know which one I prefer. 
Yeah. I don't know, because I guess if you know how, you're going to be thinking about that the whole time and all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in a position where you're like, is this the time? Like, you know, you die in a car crash, like, oh, I'm getting in the car, is this the time? Yep, yep. Every time you get in the car, you're like, oh, no, I'm good, I'll just walk. Yep, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but if you know, if you find out when, like if you found out when and someone said it's a year from now, you'd live very differently. Yeah. But if you found out when and they said you're going to be 98, you'd be like, oh. Heaps of time. Heaps of time. Like the the knowing when could be could drastically change your life. Yeah. But the knowing how kind of would just give you anxiety in certain <laughs> situations forever. Well, when you put it that way, I think I'd rather know when. I think I think yeah. I'd rather know when as well. Yeah. If you told me that it's you got one year, I'm... I'm traveling. I'm spending all. I'm getting a big old loan from the bank, and I'm blowing it all. <laughs> come get me. Cheers, guys. Just yeah. big wave. Yeah, yeah. I'm buying a house. Thanks yeah. for the millies. Yeah. There's that Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Nice. Awesome, man. Are there any words of advice you've received, sort of throughout your journey, that still ring true today? There's been. There's been a lot, actually, um, you know, little bits and pieces that you pick up here and there. Um, but I think the most valuable and the most obvious, and it took me a little while to, you know, when you start focusing on your business or whatever, you sort of put all your energy into that. But it really is just the fact that, like, life is about your happiness. That's it. Like I went through like the last last couple of years, not that I was unhappy, but focusing on business so much and not sort of having that, like this idea of like I'm going to work my ass off and get to where I want. But now I'm sort of like, well, maybe I'm not meant to be the Gary Vaynerchuk of the world or whatever. Like I just prefer to run my business my way have my spare time, do what I want to do and have a smile on my face while doing it. So um, that's not something that's helped me in business at all, I don't think. <laughs> um, but that was that was sort of my end-of-year goal last year was to just – and, like, you know, I used to let little things affect me. Like I'd listen to American politics and I'd be upset. And I was like, why is that bothering me? who cares about that now I, I try to listen to it with an attitude of can't believe these idiots yeah <laughs> and you know take everything a bit on the on the lighter side of life um and it's been uh my missus actually said it to me today she's like the last couple of months you've been so much happier like it's and it's just because i've chosen to be nothing's changed yep. i have not like nothing has changed same job same business same stuff. It's just like a mental decision to just be in a better mood, I yeah. think. Um, but then I guess a bit of business advice um, is be patient. <laughs> be patient as it's not going to happen overnight. And that's that's the attitude I roll with now. Yeah. You found that one out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. 
And um, one of my biggest actually was when like everyone knows who LSKD is and Stacks and Shock Mansion, stuff like that. And it was about a year ago I looked up when they actually started. I think LSKD started like 14 years ago. Yeah. And it seems like they popped up overnight about two, three years ago. Yep. But no, the dude who owns that company, he's been grinding for ages. Yeah. So it takes so many years until something goes boom. Yep. It's I I I was under the impression that he'd just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And when I actually done some research, I was like, oh nah. Like this guy's been around for a long time. Yep. Nice. Is there anyone else, uh, anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to or just acknowledge? Uh, I would like to give a shout out to two people, actually. Um, both other clothing brands. Uh, number one is a gymwear brand called Unbroken. Um, this is a dude, the dude who owns it, basically, we were having massive supplier problems at a point in Guilty through COVID. Um, just issues that like they were dead set. We were on the brink of like stopping. It was like, if we can't sort this out and we're trying to find a new supplier and this is a dude who was following us on guilty through his personal account and he got in touch with me and, um, he's been in the apparel game for quite a few years longer and he put us in touch with his supplier, taught me how to make a tech pack, showed me just things that I wasn't aware of and never expected anything in return. Just absolutely sort of took us from the point where we were like struggling a bit to like, now we've like got a solid supplier where we can like just, yeah, I can't thank him enough, Nathan from Unbroken. And um, the other shout out to, to would be to my homie Jack, who runs a company called Devoted Apparel, also on Instagram. Um, just for helping out with photos now that he's running his own thing. Um, I really hope that he makes it work as well. Um, yeah. I think his gear's dope and his photography's sick. I wish I had his skills. I'm jealous. <laughs> so he's done all the um all the photography that you see on your website, is that right? Uh he's done a lot of it. There's a few photographers actually who've done a lot of it. Um who love them all. Um and thank you to all of them for helping. But yeah, Jack's just started his own apparel thing. And I've yep. actually I've got a package from him up there that he sent me this week. I haven't tried it on yet, but the gear looks sick. And he's sort of done a similar thing to me. He launched it about two years ago and kind of stopped. Yep. And now I feel like he's back with a vengeance. Yeah, nice. So, um, I hope he gets after it. Sure. Uh, let us know where we can find you, mate. Uh, best spot to find us is on Instagram. Uh, at Guilty X Apparel. Um, Guilty Apparel was taken and I tried to buy the name, but the guy wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah. He said he's going to restart it, but he still hasn't. Yeah, that was okay. five years ago. But now it's too late. It's Guilty X Apparel. Um, from there, you can find a link to our website, link to the podcast. Um, obviously, people listening to this podcast, I guess if you like podcasts, it'd be awesome if you come check ours out. Uh, it's just the Guilty Podcast on Apple Music and uh, Spotify. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can get all our stuff. Nice, mate. Nice. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and have a chat with you.
That's all right, mate. This has been awesome. I appreciate the hell out of it. No worries at all, man. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow Gutter to Gutter on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok by searching for Gutter to Gutter Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gutter to gutter podcast and be sure to check out a new website at gutter to gutter podcast.com. I'd really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. I look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.